on episode 73 of Pixel Gaiden. We have a game music game show. The first $100 Neo Geo. Tim sends the boys Christmas goodies from England. Have we found the worst beer? An 8-bit text-based graphic battle. What would happen if Turrican and Metroid had a baby? We talk this year's best current and retro games, the best moments and best beers, in our 2021 year wrap-up. Eric, we've taken the tinsel off the tree. Already? Well, I don't know. I'm assuming you have. (laughs) I haven't. Yeah. I usually take my Christmas decorations down after New Year's. But hey, you know what? We've taken the tinsel off the tree. Everybody's gone home. And we're getting ready to party like it's 2022. Exactly. Do you? One memory I have of Christmas when I was a kid was my. I had a German Shepherd that would eat the tinsel off the tree and then he would poop tinsel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful family memories at the uh, Nelson house. I love it. Exactly. Well done. Well, welcome. That's that's a true story. (laughs) I I didn't think you just made that up. (laughs) I'd be more worried if you did. Welcome to Pixel Guy Den, your number one place for retro video game talk and retro-inspired video game talk, and discussion and thoughts and things. And beer. <laughs> discussion of, of tinsel coming and out the tinsel. poop shoot. <laughs> <laughs> your family-friendly show where we talk about sparkly dog feces. Exactly. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it has, been, it has been a year. It has been 2021. And that's all it we has. need to really say about that. Yep. But... Coming up on this episode 73 of Pixel Guide N, all kinds of exciting things. Uh, Cody's Corner, I'm going to talk about the first 1000 that's right, not first $100, first $1,000 you should spend on your Neo Geo collection, should you be insane enough to put that kind of money into video games. I'm looking forward to it. Eric's got a game show planned for us. And yes, by us, I do. I mean myself and Tim Drew, who will be joining us from the UK here in just a few moments. And uh, we've got, of course, our um, catching up segment. We just talk what we've been up, all up to. We also have a uh, end of the year segment we do every year where we talk about our favorite things in 2021 to we round reflect. out the year. It's a reflection. It's a time of reflection. It is. We, we meditate and we discuss and we're thankful for each other and our mm-hmm. friendships and consumer goods. Exactly. Um, please just keep in mind real quick, we are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, and um, they've got all kinds of new shows out. We listed those last episodes, so I'm not going to run over them again. <laughs> we record both of our episodes at the same time, Eric. Just make sure people know that. <laughs> but um, yes, we, yes, we do. <laughs> with episodes that come out every 15th and 30th, so make sure you check out all the other shows, uh, those great guys, Boat and Aaron and The Brent. And Rob Flack O'Hara. Um, but usually when we start an episode of Pixel Guide In, we like to talk really quick about various questions. 
quick questions. Awesome. So the first quick question comes from you, Eric. Yes. Any games, retro or otherwise, you hope to beat in the new year that you have been putting off? I'm glad I had time to think about this before the show. I have no idea, Eric. <laughs> um, you can say that. That's a legitimate answer. You can say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I beat all the games I play, which I, I, I after I wrote that question, I was like, he beats all the games he plays. So You know, I used to do a better job of that. And yeah. uh, that was actually my resolution last year was to not worry about games that I wasn't loving and learn yeah. how to move past them and yeah. uh, without having to beat them. Yep. And I think I've done quite well at that. So actually right now uh, I'm in the middle of a few games. We'll be talking about catching up, which I do plan on completing, but I don't feel like there's really any games that I'm like, Nope, I have to go back and finish that. So that's a good thing for me. actually, I think, I think I'm in a happy place there. You've grown. I've I've grown up. I'm a big boy, Eric. <laughs> you, I, however, really, for went, me, it, went the other way. <laughs> well, I just, the only things I have to say, is, like I, I did start Super Metroid, but I got so busy with homework for Pixel Guide and I had to abandon that. You need to beat that so one. I'm, yep, I'm going to beat Super Metroid. And then um, Far Cry 6, which I played, and it just wasn't hitting the same joy spots as... Uh, Far Cry 5 and 4 from before. I really want to play 5 because I love the whole, like, American, like, Midwest cult oh, vibe thing going on. Like, I, I haven't tried it. it yet. Yeah. What What is 6? And, and, I actually don't even know what has, 6 is. Yeah, so Far Cry 5 will have, I mean, it has two Nelson-approved uh, thumbs-ups. Okay. Because <laughs> I beat it and my son beat it. Okay. And he loved it. He, he, we still talk about it all the time. Like he'll come in and talk about like what happened at the end, which I won't no spoilers. Yeah. I need um, to get it. And so he loves that. I loved it. The far cry six is great. It's a competent far cry game. I just, it just didn't hit those spots, but I'm going to beat it. Cause I beat every one of them. So I'm going to do it. That's a Cody issue time. right there. Got to do it. I, I just, and I to. bought that, um, halo, the, which I will talk about in catching up, but I bought the Halo uh, Master Chief series, and uh, I might try to beat every Halo game in there, which would be wow. quite a feat because there's a lot in there. Wow! Um, so I might do that in the coming year. Who knows? Very cool. Very cool. I have games I want to start and beat, but I don't have any games that like I've been putting off specifically. I I will give my answer that I also give every single year, Eric, which What's is Sam, Sam's Journey. <laughs> Yes, because I have. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I think you'd love that game. Well, at one point, such I think it's such a great Commodore sixty. Oof, that's sour. <laughs> that's from that's the last from episode, last. ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, um, that sour beer is coming back. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so a few episodes ago, few few episodes ago, Tim fell into a Commodore sixty four C. Uh, that is a PAL version, and he said that that one was tagged for me one of these days. So I'll have to work with him and uh, and try to get that, see if I can help him get that thing shipped over here because I, that's been the big holdup for me. It's not that I don't want to play Sam's Journey. I really do, but it needs to be a Commodore PAL machine. Uh, yeah. I believe to this day there is not an NTSC version of that game, which kills me. There is, but you need an REU. Yes, so whatever that you is. You need a memory expansion, yeah. Yeah, so I don't have that. So... Yeah. Um, anyways, I want, I want to get the, uh, the PAL version uh, on a PAL Commodore 64. And I'm so looking forward to playing that. Not to mention that all my Commodores of which 
Um, I have three working Commodore 64s and like eight non-working ones. Uh, I don't have a single uh, C64 or C, which is that kind of more modern-looking, Amiga-looking Commodore 64. So that is kind of, yeah, the hardware to play the game for me, really. Um, Not to mention that this is a, a side tangent, but I recently i'm not i'm not sure if i'm supposed to announce this or not but whatever it's not that big of a deal i was recently a judge in the retro gamer nation commodore 64 game of the year wow yeah that was really cool um yeah i mean i guess i was never given any guidelines or bylaws and what to say what i can't say but at this point it's done so um and a good five out of the 20 games that were nominated uh i just couldn't play on on real hardware Um, oh that's sad yeah, so there's a few I kind of... Um, I, I played the vast majority of the games. I didn't play every single one. And for the ones that I couldn't play or didn't play, um, I watched videos and stuff and tried to see if they would hit my sweet spot just looking at the videos. Um, and there was a few that were absolutely only PAL only. And so I either had to emulate them or just kind of make a quick judgment call. But yeah, but I did my best to play all those games and give them a fair shot. And um, I, I am at this point, as we are recording this on the 13th, I'm excited to see the outcome, Eric. Yeah, me too. Uh, so make sure you guys go check that out over at Retro Gamer Nation. He has a website cool. and a YouTube uh, channel, which should be watched anyways. That that uh, Keeping up in your Commodore 64 modern games released for that system, Retro Gamer Nation does a great job of, uh, Louie over there does a great job of keeping us in touch on those with great videos and reviews. Yeah unpaid uh advertisement i guess right there right sure uh i've got the second quick question for us eric which will you'll hear you'll hear that right after this advertisement a paid advertisement from retro rewind.ca uh forward slash pixel guide if you want to give us some show credit for that uh where you can find all of your awesome commodore parts and accessories and needs and as we mentioned last episode also now your tandy coco color computer uh capacitors and recap services and the coco sd right eric that is correct and frank is such a good guy at retro rewind i mean he does a fantastic job of shipping your things out fast i mean it's one of the fastest kind of international shipping i've ever seen um not to mention he's super knowledgeable on commodore systems and i think he's coming up to speed on the coco system um i know he knows the stuff already but he has made the Coco SDC, which is a SD card solution for the Coco, which is indispensable when it comes to trying to get your Coco up and running in the modern age. Wouldn't you say that, Cody? I would say that. And I also, uh, I, I said a while back that I was going to pick one of these up, but I have not yet. But for my Commodore, I still need to get my own diagnostic cartridge. It's cool as he sells a version that works for your C64 and your C128 as yep. well as a dual diagnostic cartridge where it's a dual ended cart you can plug in, which is uh, extremely cool. I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. Everything super reasonably priced too. Absolutely. Um, and I, another thing I've been thinking about getting into actually lately, and I think I might pick up some of this stuff over there at retro rewind.ca, which is uh, to get my own carts. He has these stubby cart cases for just a few bucks and yeah. get my own, um, uh, uh, pcbs for carts yeah and i might start flashing my own games onto carts and try to make um you know 
physical me- physical media for some of the games I really love, so I can just shove them in the back. Yeah. I would love to do that. Uh, there's a few games that did not get physical releases that I absolutely love, um, and a few games that have, but they're just not printed anymore. I'd love to make a sure. Fix-It Felix cart. How cool would that, that be? That would be really cool. I might start yeah, looking into really that. Cool. And you when can I also do- just get the Kung Fu Flash, which they offer as well. Absolutely. And here's all the yep. EPROMs so that you can program the chip. So something I'm going to look into, and when I do, I'm going to hop on over to RetroRewind.ca, and yep. I'm also going to use the code PG10, Eric, Yes. for 10% off my order over there. And all of our listeners can do that, too. Again, go to RetroRewind.ca and use PG, as in Pixel Guide in 10, to get 10% off your order. And it gets us a little bit of credit with Frank, our boy, over there, too. Absolutely. The next quick question that we have, Eric, is from me. And this is what I think about a lot, because... You know how we, we talk about tomato, tomato? What's the right way to yes. say it, right? Right. And, and Tim doesn't, when we say tomato, he doesn't know what we're talking about. When we say tomato, he goes, oh, yeah, like the vegetable. Um, and of course, Americans think they're right and the Brits think they're right. But there are some video games and video game systems, Eric, that I just have to admit, first up and foremost, that America is saying it wrong or that England is saying it wrong. And I'm very passionate about my decisions on these. All right. Oh, sure. So let me go ahead and uh, I'll list a few of mine. Then I really want to hear some of yours. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically names for British or American systems or games that you feel just don't work. Okay. Uh, so I grew up my entire life with the Sega Genesis, Eric, mm-hmm. the Genesis is the first. It literally means that the definition is like the beginning, the start of something. Yep. This was like the third system Sega made, Eric. So how can it be <laughs> the right. genesis of anything? Correct. That is that is just dumb. I'm sorry. Yep. That is dumb. Everywhere else it's called the Mega Drive, which is, uh, it's kind of dumb. It's kind of radical, whatever. But yeah, okay, it's something cool and exciting. The Mega Drive. Ah. So you plug games into it. That's the better name. All right. Genesis is dumb. Oh. So we agree Mega Drive is the better game. I think Mega Drive is the awesome name, like Mega Drive. Mega like, it's very 90s. I love it. Genesis is the dumbest name ever. And I don't know why the U.S. had to, like Sega U.S. had to change that name. It makes no sense in any context. Yep. And now, Eric, when you think about a whole bunch of dudes running through the jungle yeah, uh, with no shirts on, blowing right. away bad guys. Yeah. Wouldn't Contra make sense? Contra would make absolute sense. Because absolute that is sense. an actual force. Of Especially in military. that time era. Right? In the Ex- 80s, the Contra. Yeah. I mean, it was in the news. Now, I understand <laughs> there is some uh, censorship and stuff in, in, in England and yeah. other parts of Europe. Yep. But if we're going to go ahead and replace those, those badass guys, blowing away yeah. bad guys in the jungle with robots, should we call it Grizor? <laughs> I don't even know what a Grizor is. I think not. I think if that is the incorrect name, it's got to be Contra. I don't care if you replace them with robots. Call it Contra bots or something. What is Grizor? That is I have no idea. I mean, it sounds like something you talk to your doctor about because it appeared on your, <laughs> on your giblets. <laughs> uh, I, I need you to take I a look at my Grizor. Take a look at my Grizor. Grizor. <laughs> Oh, man. Dermatologist, I apologize. Uh, and then the last one isn't necessarily <laughs> video game related, even though it, they all became video games. But yeah. si- similar with the censorship, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if you're not going to use the word ninja because for whatever reason that was like a bad word over there in England, don't 
So what what did they call it? Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. <clears throat> that is not good. We got to talk to Tim about that. Could they not say that like, right? I mean, could they? I mean, it's, we're talking about Kung Fu, right? All the games yeah. in that era. How about Teenage Mutant Kung Fu Turtles or Karate Turtles or or Fighting Turtle? Anything? Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. And it's not like ninjas were pretend. They were actual historical figures. Eric, They're ninjas. Sh- don't say that in school. You'll get your mouth washed out with soap. Exactly. exactly. Anyways, what did you come up with, Eric? So I went a little different way in that I just thought these names are really stupid. <laughs> so when you come out with a name, like let's say you're the marketing company, okay? And you're like, well, what should we name our thing that it needs to be like it needs to be uh, familiar. It needs to be something that rolls off the tongue. It needs to be something catchy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why don't we, sitting here in Texas, name our computer the TI-99-4A? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, right, is like, mar- that is marketable. Yeah, that's just the mark. That just rolls right off the tongue. Every kid's going to remember that. Hey, Dad, I want a TI-99-4A. And surprisingly, it took over the world anyways, huh, Eric? <clears throat> exactly. Uh, Everyone no, bought when no, I bought a TI ninety nine. No, it didn't. Oh, oh, that's interesting. And then speaking of computers, so now now we'll tease the British a little bit. Let's name our computer after a vacuum cleaner. Let's name it the, the, the Oric. <laughs> <laughs> now, where Oric uh, vacuums? Uh, is that American specific or is that a worldwide name? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, every time I hear <laughs> Oric, I think yeah, yeah, vacuum. I don't think. Yeah. So computer. when I heard, first heard that there was a wedge computer over there called the Oric, I was like, isn't that a va- like a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> so <clears throat> one of the other big ones that always stuck out in my mind, which, yes, it was one of the better selling consoles of all time. Okay. But what does Wii mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like now, the what- Nintendo Wii. I mean... I, it, it amazes me that they kind of let Nintendo off the hook when they called something the Wii. I mean, there there is no... Hey, you know what? You can't what? complain about that. That was like the number one selling Nintendo system of all time. Yeah, absolutely. But the name... It, it, yep. I never, I've never heard exactly what that was supposed to mean or... I, now, I mean, now, I've listened to a lot of podcasts on the Wii, but they never explain like what. There's no <laughs> Japanese translation of what Wii means. Now, now, but to be completely upfront, the, as far as marketing, the dumbest one <laughs> has to be the Wii U. Whether let's come out with a new system, yeah, and call it the Wii U, and everyone's like, "Wait, is it new? Is it an add-on? Do I buy?" I have no idea. Yep. It got so ignored, and the name was a huge part of that. Yep. Now, and so I have two more. Um, wow, you did your research. Exactly. Now, I like this name. So personally, I think this is a fantastic name. But let's say you're a teenage, a preteen, teenage oh, no. kid, and you're like, I want to buy like a mobile handheld system. Is this a dictionary on your 3DS? <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> not what this is. But let's say you want to buy, you're, a, you're obviously like the, the, the marketing for these handheld gaming systems, mainly male. It yeah. was a teen male, right? So let's name our mobile handheld Wonder Swan. The Wonder Swan. <laughs> so it, it must be a translation like error, you know? You probably, you're right, you're right. But I mean, I I like the name, but I mean, and then one that I think you and I both agree upon is that 
there was an awesome game made in the UK called Chaos Engine. Yes. Like that was a fantastic name. The Chaos fantastic Engine. It sounds game. like an evil organization that's trying to like yep. pr- produce human meat. Yeah. So Chaos Engine, unique name, fun game. But Eric, that wouldn't sell in the USA. Why wouldn't it? Why would why would that sound sell in the USA? So what did they name it here on the Genesis? Soldier of Fortune. Or no, Soldiers most, of Fortune, I think. Soldiers? Yeah, it's Soldiers of Fortune. Sword- <laughs> the most generic ga- name I've ever heard in my life. I have no idea what was wrong with Chaos Engine. Why they're like, nope, we can't roll with that. Yeah. No the idea. only thing I can think of, it, it does kind of sound like a... Like when I before I saw the gameplay, Chaos yeah. Engine almost sounded like, um, like an extreme version of in- The Incredible Machine. Like it's going to be yeah. some kind of like thing you build some kind of contraption and try to make it work. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I can know. understand that. Yeah, I don't know. All Anyways, right. let's, let's let's hear uh, let's hear Tim go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of show information. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And this month, as it is the end of the year, I want to celebrate with all of our Pixel Guide and Patreons by singing you guys a little song. Oh, yeah! Pixel Guide in 2021! What, what? We like to think that permissible doesn't do it. As well as the agreeable Matthew Ackerman, the domineering Daniel James, and marvelous Josh Malone. Pixel Guiden would like to thank you, the measly Eric Sandgren and the bumpy David Vincent. Pixel Guiden would like to thank you, the global ten mark and spiritual Roy Fielding. The unsuitable Bob Chase is now 
The purple Mr. Toast and the good paradroid. The zesty rebel cake, rebel and the fitting and silver. The frantic Mitsuyama and the panoramic cherry heather. If it weren't for you, we'd not be drinking all the beer. Playing games and talking into microphones, I'm sorry, my dear. The smoggy Brian Arsenal, the enchanted Paul Jacobson, the wooden Jason Holland, and the adaptable Mark Scott. Pixel would like to thank you. Have a great 2022. Pixel would like to thank you. It's been a great year, kind of. The first $100! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the December edition of First $100. Uh, the segment of the show I do sometimes where I like to say, hey, if you got a new system or a new-to-you retro system and had $100 to spend on games, what should you spend your hard-earned cash on first? Um, I haven't done one of these in quite a while, but uh, our boy Tim here from the show uh, made a suggestion that I couldn't pass up. I thought it was, it was too, good to, too good to skip. Um, and it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but it is what it is. I recently got a Neo Geo uh, home system, the AES. And uh, for those who know that system, know that the games are extremely pricey. Um, so you probably also know that there are not games below $100. Well, there's very few, very few. Uh, so um, I guess I should reintroduce this as the first episode of the first $1,000 Neo Geo edition. Um, so, we've got $1,000 of your cash to spend on games for your new Neo Geo system. What should I, as I drop my pen, suggest that you buy? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of really good Neo Geo games, a lot of the big hitters you, you, you've heard of out there, you know, your metal slugs and things like that. So, first consider that not all, even though the, the actual ROMs themselves are identical, more or less identical to the uh, arcade ROMs, um, and the hardware is identical. The physical game cartridges for the AES are different. So only games that were released for the home system um, were are games that are you know options for this for this episode. So your metal slugs and stuff like that were released on the system, but they are uh, you know a thousand dollars plus. They're not cheap. Um, also, a lot of the games you might think of that are cheap for the arcade system, you know, the MVS, um, you know, the, a lot of the fighters and things like that, um, they just weren't ported over. So even though they might be very inexpensive on the MVS, the AES version either doesn't exist or it's quite pricey. So with that in mind, let's dig right in. Um, I went with a smattering of different genres. And uh, it's also worth noting that many of these games are going to be, um, you know, your, your mileage is definitely going to vary because a game could sell from anywhere from $200 to 
at any given moment. It could be Japanese. It could be the American version. It could have the the original packaging, the clamshell. It could not. It could have a clamshell that's so distorted and like just just weather beaten that it doesn't even look like anything anymore. Um, it's all over the place. Um, so I'm not even going to pretend I quoted these all as priced in box or separate carts. Let's just assume they're all separate carts and uh, probably going to be the Japanese version. Uh, keeping in mind that the ROM file, when you plug it into, you know, when you plug your cartridge into your AES, it's going to look at the BIOS on your Neo Geo AES and translate the language to the the language of your system. So I do have a Japanese system. Um, so unless I decide to go in there and change the BIOS chip, uh, all games are going to play in Japanese for me. So uh, anyways, that's a project down the road. Nonetheless, I'm going to start right off the bat with what the Neo Geo is really known for. And it's funny because it's really a, a genre I am not privy to, but uh, the fighting genre, right? They're actually, uh, when it comes to games below $100, there's actually a handful uh, of fighters. That's where you're going to find games under that that price point. Um, and as I've said before, I have Fatal Fury and I have um, a King of Fighters game. I think all the King of Fighters go over, are over $100, but the Fatal Fury, there's a couple Fatal Furies uh, in the $50 to $80 range. Uh, I'm not going to pick those. I, I personally find them boring. Uh, I'm going to go with Samurai Spirits or... Samurai Showdown, as we call it here in the States. Um, it looks like it's going for about $60, $70 right now. And uh, this actually might be a game I try to pick up complete in box just so I have another complete in box game. Um, I think it is cool and unique. So it is a fighter where you are a different samurai. And you're fighting with swords, you know, because samurai. Um, and it's more of a rather than just a button mashing combo um you know, kind of, I guess, typical fighter. It's more methodical that when you hit somebody, it does a lot more damage. So it's a lot more uh, like posturing and figuring out how you're going to attack, who's going to attack first, if you're going to defend it and try to counterattack. And it only takes a few hits, I believe, um, to to finish off a match, but it's much more slow and methodical and kind of an interesting uh, thinking man's fighter, if you will. Um, I also really like the aesthetic and uh, I just think it's kind of a unique game and, uh, you know, well-beloved and well-known on the Neo Geo. So that is the least expensive game on the list, the $60 to $70. Um, <clears throat> all, all, the, all the next games I have uh, written down here are more. So let's just go in in order of cost, shall we? Um, next on the list, I want to throw in actually a couple of sports games. So if you listen to the show, you know Eric and I both love Neo Turf Masters, which is an excellent golf game. Uh, it was not released for the AES, and um, I cannot put on this list because of that. However, there is a decent golf game. I'll be upfront; it is not as good as Neo Turf Masters, but if you want a fun arcade kind of a quick golf uh, game for the Neo Geo, top player golf can be had for about 120 bucks. Um, I believe it was like a, a successor to Neo Turf Masters. Um, don't quote me on that. The show is not about factual information, is it? Um, but yeah, it's a cool little top-down kind of, um, if you think, NES golf for the NES, but kind of done, uh, you know, with more polish and better sound and graphics for the uh, for the Neo Geo. Uh, fun little golf game can be had for $120, so I would put that on my list, um, as, long, as well as uh, League Bowling. Uh, for $130, you can get a bowling game, which is, again, it's kind of like Neo Turf Masters, but with golf. Um, I'm sorry, instead of golf, with bowling. 
so it's um you know you've got your your player and these these japanese uh, kind of anime characters big eyes expression expressionized um faces and things like that and uh it's kind of intense music and it kind of gets your you into it even though you know you're just you're just bowling no offense to any bowlers out there but it really makes it the sport exciting and uh you know, it's a simple, obviously, simple concept in theory. You would get, you roll the ball down a lane and try to knock down 10 pins without going in the gutter. Um, you kind of pick where your character is positioned left to right, and then you have a bar, kind of like the golf game, where you're trying to hit the center if you want to go straight. If you want to put a little English on it left or right, then you go, you know, to the left or right of that center point. Um, and then there's a few things you can do by tapping buttons while the ball is already in action. So it's bowling, and you can play for a score, you can play against opponents, you can play multiplayer, uh, just a fun, exciting bowling game for about $130. Uh, moving on now, we're going to get up to some shmups. I need to throw in some shmups because I am a shoot 'em up fan. In fact, I put two on here uh, because I just really like shmups. So I'm going to go with... Alpha Mission 2, first and foremost. So Alpha Mission 2 is a... must have been... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's very early on the system. Um, but I don't know where Alpha Mission 1 is, to be honest. I'll have to look that up. Uh, it's a kind of, a, you know, a, a standard top-down uh, space shooter. What's neat about this particular one is uh, it's a little more simple. Um, but you've got these balls that come down, kind of like um, orbs, if you want to call them that kind of like almost like twin b but more accessible where you shoot it uh once and it bounces up the screen and, and becomes um you know a an upgrade for your uh laser you shoot it again it can become an upgrade for your missile your kind of ground weapon and you can shoot it again and it becomes uh, i believe a uh a special one of your, your special weapon depending on what special weapon you choose um so these things are kind of there, there's never more than one or two on the screen at a time along with enemies so i like a lot more than twin b in that you can actually uh, focus on it and get the stuff you want although it does take some risk reward you know when there's enemies on the screen and bullets flying around <clears throat> um but pretty fun game it, ha- it has kind of a uh um Zevious vibe in that when you shoot you're also shooting missiles towards the ground there's there's ground enemies as well as uh, air enemies and you're shooting at the same time um and again the specials are not like screen clearing bombs or anything like that they're a you know a large weapon usually based around um well there's a few different options for you so there's one that just kind of uh, bl- blows up the area around you but if you like move out of that area you can still get hit um there is a, a, few, a couple other ones that kind of hone in on on enemies um so they're more of an attack than a protective kind of a thing so you got to play with it a little bit, but for 180 bucks, um, you I, I believe quite literally cannot find another uh, shoot 'em up on the system for less than that. Um, I'll get back to the other shoot 'em up later because it is my most expensive game on the list. But um, oh, I guess this, you can call this a shoot 'em up, although it's not a a, a 2D scrolling shoot 'em up. But I'm going to throw a uh, Nom 1975 on here for 200 dollars. Um, this is a kind of a gun gallery game. But with its own unique twist, um, you are in the foreground shooting towards the background. It's kind of like an over the, well, if you want to call it over the shoulder, um, kind of looking into the screen. You know, it's definitely 2D, but it's pseudo 3D, right? Um, and you're shooting across this river. For whatever reason, you're just always shooting across the river. I guess you're on, you must be on a boat. 
I think you're on a boat. Um, and you're a guy who, even though I guess you're on a boat and you could be shooting with, you know, protection with guns from the boat, you're just standing on the boat and you run left and right on the screen. And while you're doing that, that, that your uh, crosshairs move left and right on the screen as well, uh, a little faster than you do, your actual person. So really, you're kind of controlling the crosshairs um, as enemies and stuff are running at you from the other side of the river, shooting back at you. You're trying to take them out while also dodging their bullets. Your your guy on the boat is dodging the bullets they shoot. So it's kind of like doing two things at once, you know, patting your belly and, and rubbing your head or whatever at the same time. Um, you've got to kind of be aware of both. There is a button, of course, to shoot. There's a second button that will throw a grenade, which... Um, uh, you know, will damage larger enemies that take more hits quickly, more quickly. And then you have a third button, which is a uh, key to success in this game, which when you hold that down, your guy will run from left to right rather than walk. So it's kind of important to know when you're trying to maneuver certain areas, if you need to be running or walking to get where you need to go to avoid being hit. Um, and then uh, shooting enemies and things will result in, you know, power-ups inexplicably shooting out of them, bouncing over to your side of the, I guess, the boat. Uh, and you can pick up, you know, 500 points, 1,000 points, uh, extra grenades, things like that. Um, really cool game. I, they take you through a lot of different areas in, you know, obviously in, in Vietnam um, with, of course, uh, you know, large vehicles and things that don't actually exist attacking you. Um, so it's definitely a... Uh, a, a revised history, right, of, of Nam in 1975. Um, but yeah, very, very cool game and definitely worth $200. That brings us down to our last game because I have exactly $300 left to spend and I'm going to spend all that money on Ghost Pilots, uh, which is a World War II top-down shooter. Uh, I know Eric's talked about this game in the past. It's a game he's picked for um, our six good Neo Geo games back in the day. Um it is a pretty standard but really well polished uh, World War II shooter. Think, um, you know, 1942 or 1941. What is it? 1941? 1941. Uh, on steroids, right? So, similar to NOM 1975, this game is kind of a, a, a revised history, right, on uh, the World War. So, you're shooting tanks on the ground and you're shooting um planes out of the sky and dogfights and things like that just like you normally would expect from a, a game of that era uh, but of course you've got these mega tanks and these um kind of mechanized things uh, throughout the levels that you get to attack and blow out and they're shooting fire at you and doing all kinds of crazy stuff um just the audio is intense and constant and the fighting is intense and constant it's a game that i would say is uh, it's definitely not a manic shmup. It is a, a shoot 'em up that is kind of more old school in the fact that you know you it's not hard to dodge things, um, but they just come at you so constantly that it, I wouldn't say it's definitely not an easy game, but it's a very accessible game. You know what to do from the beginning. Uh, it's fun to play no matter what. You feel like you can do better when you die. It's not some like huge obstacle that you're just like, man, there's no way I could have done that. You know why you died, and it's you just kind of were. Uh, lost in your own head and you kind of got overtaken by the amount of stuff. Very fun game. Um, great graphics. Great sound. Tight gameplay. Um, I mean, is it worth $300? I mean, if you're spending $1,000 on your first $1,000 of games, it is. Um, but I mean, obviously, these Neo Geo carts are very expensive. So, um, 
I would suggest we don't spend a thousand dollars. I I suggest that we buy a multi cart, which is what I'm going to do. Um, in my typical fashion, I think I'm going to have two or three boxed games just to have you know the physical system and some examples on my shelf. But uh, once I get one of these SD card solutions, I'm going to have that. You know, it's going to live inside my Neo Geo, and that's what I'm going to be using for everything. So, anyways, that is our first $1,000 spent for the Neo Geo. Uh, quick rundown again we've got Samurai Spirits or Samurai Showdown for $60. We've got Alpha Mission 2 for $180. We've got Top Player Golf, $120. Ghost Pilots, about $300. League Bowling, $130. And Nom1975 for $200. All right, those were some pretty amazing segments. Speaking of amazing, who do we have on the line? It's me. It's Tim. Good, it's... good, good evening, gentlemen, and good morning, and hello, listeners. How are you all? We're, we're really doing good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, that's a very Christmassy-sounding name, by the way. What, Tim? Tiny Tim. T- oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tim likes the tiny part. No, I... I Only by the reputation. That, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sick to, Tim. <laughs> to be fair, I've never seen Tim in person. I have no idea. You, for all I know, is I'm going to meet you one day, and you're going to be like six foot five, and I'll be like, "Whoa, not what I expected." Yeah, no, I, I'm not six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to call him Girthy Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Stringy oh, Laurie Tim. No, yeah. it's not good. It's not good. Oh man. I am the ZX Spectrum of Tim's. <laughs> what does that mean? Dead flesh? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Dead flesh, quite <clears throat> colourful, but not sounding too great. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second, but uh, Tim has managed to pull some of his uh, his Christmas sweater magic. He's wearing a Sonic Christmas sweater, by the way. Very yeah. uh, Looks amazing. Very you, on you point. Can, when, when you move your arms, the rings jingle. Do they really? Or are you just making no. that up? Does it go ding ding? Ding ding. Whenever you put it on, yeah. But and when you it, take it off, it goes ding 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 ding. Um. Anyways, he uses Christmas magic to send us a uh, not a package, but a parcel. A parcel, parcel yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had an eventful journey. That one. It did, and uh, Tim, I am. Ugh. Proud Cody to announce reaches across that it made ah, it. The box in, made it in various forms. It made uh, my portion of it made it to my house. Now we'll make it quick. But basically, Tim, of course, because of the way things are now, spent way too much to get this parcel to us, and then uh, made it here literally like what yesterday, Eric? Was it yesterday? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. Which meant today. Uh, and my plans changed today, so I had to drive an hour and a half to go get this thing for the show, and then <laughs> yes, drive back. But it was worth it. I, it's, no complaints. It was totally yeah. worth it. Uh, not to mention, Tim, <clears throat> that is probably the worst storm we've had this year going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I looked at your weather when Eric mentioned it, and man, your weather is just like us. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is It is gusty. In fact, my wife just texted me. We're actually uh, potentially ex- expecting snow up here tomorrow. Not down yeah. in Elk, oh, wow. Elk Grove, but that'll be cool. Snow is cool, but the the wind and the uh, falling branches on my house, they're literally banging the roof every once in a while right now. Oh. That's good times. 
But I bring that up because inside this package, which uh, again we usually try to do these live on air, but we already opened it. We had to we had to test things and check things. Yes, yes. But there are a few things in this box that we do need to partake in right now, Tim. And are you going to be able to partake with us? Is that what I heard? Yes. That is wow. correct. You're going to do a little day drinking? <laughs> uh, well, a, a, a little, drinking. a little, because it turns out I've got, I've got to go out for work today, so only a little. <laughs> Come, just, Tim, we, we can lie and just say, oh, so anyways, it's Saturday morning as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> All right, so Eric and I have decided, if it's okay with you, to start with this one, Tim. Yes, absolutely. So <clears throat> this is... Uh, just a random pickup um, from one of the stores that we went shopping in a few couple of weeks back. And I thought this is absolutely going to be perfect to try and do synchronize on the show. So this is uh, a micro brew, a British craft beer selection, and it's a Christmas pudding and vanilla custard stout. And it's now this this could go one of two ways, couldn't it? <laughs> this is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have no which way this is going to go. No, I, I think I know which way it's going to go, but I'm I'm willing to be presently surprised. <laughs> so, are we ready to go? And well, let yes. me point out: there's got a big picture on the front of a delicious okay. pint of beer with I don't know if the if, I mean okay. I'll, as, as an American looking at this, it looks like a turkey being covered in custard. No, that's actually a Christmas pudding. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, for it's, the American it's listeners, a pudding is not a, a gelatinous liquid in a bowl. It is actually no. a a. It's mound. kind of like a. It's it's a alcohol soaked uh, uh, fruit cake. Um, that you then traditionally, um, well, a lot of people nowadays, they microwave them, but traditionally they actually used to be made and then you uh, covered them in cloth and then slowly cooked them um, in water, if you see what I mean. So, so they slowly cook and absorb the moisture and all that. You kind of steam them. Um, and then traditionally you can either have custard, which I absolutely hate, um, or cream oh, I... or ice cream or clotted cream with it. Normally that's what we have clotted cream with it. Um, so it's, it's not, it's your traditional thing after Turkey that you have Christmas pudding. So not only have you had a super heavy, um, main meal, then your dessert is a super heavy pudding with like me- mega heavy cream with it. <laughs> See, that's weird. You had me at custard. You lost me at, like, steamed, soggy bread. <laughs> yeah. This, this isn't your Bill Cosby's pudding. <laughs> so I'm going to open this up. Now when, we, now, when we have black pudding, that's not the breaded kind, though. That's the kind I'm talking about, but with blood in it. Yeah, that's, that's basically blood. Yeah, we have um, white and black pudding. I don't know if you have... But they're not the breaded one, right? They're like the... No, no, that's, that's like a, a savory thing, yeah. So, did you guys feel the label? It's, it's, yeah, it's kind, kind of, of texturized, isn't it? Texturized, <laughs> yeah. gritty label. Nice. I, that's the first thing I noticed when I was was uh, handling this beer. But oh, it this... has some verbiage on here, so let's read this real quick. The nights are drawing in, and the temperature is dropping. So, why not treat yourself to a truly indulgent festive stout with a backbone compromising all the festive flavors and spices of a Christmas pudding and the sweet, indulgent vanilla from lashings of custard. This complex stout is one to enjoy with your feet up in in front of the fire. Yeah. Whether you've been naughty or nice this year, we've got you covered. Not in the fire. Not <laughs> no, in the fire. Not in the fire. <laughs> well, let's drink it first, and then we may and, want to put them in the fire. And I, that's, I know. that's not a Christmas tradition to burn your feet, by the way. <laughs> this, one's no. made, this one's made in Liverpool. 
How did I do? Did that Liverpool. sound right? That sounds cool. Liverpool. I was, try- I was trying to do Ringo Starr. Liverpool. So did you guys smell this? It smells uh, spicy. I can smell the it custard. It does smell spicy, yes. I can get a bit of the custard there. Right, are we I'm, ready? I'm smelling blood pudding. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> All right, cheers. Cheers. Like- cheers. Hmm. I've I've recently just brushed my teeth, so this could be a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah, you you may not be the. I may want to brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's got a tartness to it. It has super tart. It's more like a sour, a sour a stout. Bit. It's like a sour stout. I think it's just nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. It's nasty. (laughs) Not pleasantly surprised, but woefully, woefully, uh, as we thought. For a stout, it's not particularly thick, because normally you can chew a good stout, can't you? This is just... It's not that thick. You're right. That's a good point. It's not a very thick stout, which I'm used to with stouts. It's tart, and it tastes... it, It. Definitely, I don't... It tastes like all the Christmas spices. That's what it tastes like. Mm. Yeah, and I'm... I'm not getting any pudding or vanilla from it. I'm just getting... (laughs) No, you're right. It tastes like a... um, You know, like around here, Cody, they have the winter warmers. I'm sure you have that probably too over there, Tim, but... They always just have a bunch of crappy spices yep. thrown in them. Mm-hmm. They're like my one of my worst like genres of beer is the Christmas winter warmer. Yeah, like the seasonal, yeah, yeah. The holiday season. Yeah, this is what this is. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. This this but is a gift that never actually gives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's how we have and to rate. No pudding. Here's how we have to rate this one, guys. All right, in my opinion, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna go back to the coffee now. <laughs> And this particular one, I think we need to rate this on whether or not it can pass Howling Gourds as the worst beer ever on this show. So, I, I, don't, I don't think it comes even close to that. So, so keep, me, keep in mind here, all right? Here, here's how scale works. So there's 25 days in December, right? Yep. Christmas is on okay. the 25th. Out of 25 Howling Gourds, keep in mind, the litmus test is Howling Gourds would get 25 out of 25. That's how you equal Howling Gourds and its awfulness. Out of 25 Howling Gourds, how bad is this beer? I'm going to go for a 20 because I can actually drink that without throwing up. I was going to say, we really have to wait till the end of the show and see if I'm green and about ready to throw up. Eric and I aren't stopping. We can't just throw in the coffee, uh, Tim. You, ca- no, you, you no. guys can't finish that beer, surely. You're not going to... Oh, you guys are troopers if you finish that beer. <laughs> my, my hat goes off to you. <laughs> All right. So as it stands, Eric, I think I'm... I'm. It's not as bad as Howling Gourds. It is no. bad. I'm, I'm not... I, I'm thinking 20 at this point, but I do think you and I should try to keep drinking this and see if that number changes. <laughs> okay. Because I was exactly in my head. I was like, it's about a 20 on the... On the the, the Howling Gourd scale. I, I, I'm right there with you, so but I do think it needs to stand the test of time here. Man, wow. I don't. I don't taste beer. I just taste spice. 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 I don't spice mind drinking meatball. this. I don't mind drinking this, but I feel like I want to have something else to drink. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I need, need a, some water. <laughs> I need a chaser. I would chase this with custard. Just a, a glass of a pint of custard, please. Pint of custard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. We are good. So we should up, revisit Eric. this. We're going to revisit this in a few yep. minutes and see see yep. how it sits with us. I'm thinking yep. maybe after a game show. 
Okay, let's do Sounds a game good. show. And so, Tim, I got to tell you about this game show, though. I I, uh, I did everything I could to make the technology work. And Cody and I did this for a half an hour before the show. We have the technology. The technology is not working right. So no. my sound effects are, I am going to do them. They sound okay through the microphone. So I'm just going to do them there. It'll work. But okay. It'll work. Hopefully in the future, I'll be able to patch it in correctly. But I'm ready. So do you want me to name the game show? You know how this works, Eric. So my game show is called Combo Breaker. All right. I'm All ready. Right. Okay. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a sample of a arcade game, a sound sample, and you're going to guess what that game is. Okay. But that's just the first question. Are we going to write it down? Of, uh, you, yeah, you, you will need to write all these okay. down. And that is only the first question in a line of questions. There's four total for each arcade game. Every one, the first one you answer is worth one point. And then every one after that, it's a combo. So you will get double the score if you answer them in succession. If you break the combo, if you break the combo, if you get one wrong, you go back to one point. Combo breaker. Exactly. So you earn all the points, though. But if you break it, you go back to one and you can't keep multiplying your score. Does that make sense? Yes. Wow. Pretty, it's pretty simple. So, I mean, everybody's going to get one, and then it's going to double to two, and then it's going to double to four. And so at that point, you'd have seven points because four plus two plus one. That's assuming that I actually get one right, unlike Correct. the last competition. Well, the good news <laughs> is that I've, I've tweaked this game so that I think we're going to get more, more right than wrong. Okay. Because I get tired of the games being so difficult sometimes. <laughs> But when you guys are ready, let me know. I'm literally searching for a pen, if you can't tell. I'm not from the distance. That's all right. I'm ready. Go, Eric. <laughs> I'm an advantage. <laughs> I've got a pen. Exactly. Exactly. So, some of us prep before head to time. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you didn't have to drink as much uh, Christmas pudding stout. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's kind of, I'm not joking. I'm starting to get a little heartburn. <laughs> I think the Christmas, this Christmas warm is giving me a little heartburn. It's all that wet that's bread. The, that's, the, that's the secret weapon. I send you an awful beer. I don't drink it, and then I look good on the episode. <laughs> Are you guys uh, ready for a round of Combo Breaker? Let's go, Combo, combo breaker. breaker. All right, so I'm going to play a sound sample, and then there will be three verbal questions after that, but you're going to have to tell me what this game is. So get okay. ready to write this down. You ready? Ready. I'm ready. that game write it down let me know when you're ready man okay name that game oh we're doing it right now right now yep what'd you guys say I said said defender Cody went time pilot I did okay those are both wrong. No! Robotron? The game is guessing. Robotron 2084. Oh, that was my second guess. Okay, so that's okay. So I've told you the game. Now the three questions are going to be about that game. Uh, Ready? 
All right. All right, Tim. So and yours you is about Defender. Right, if, yeah, if you get these right, you will get... You now we will start with one point. Uh-huh, ready? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Get ready for which some wrong. Co- which company published Robotron 2084? I'm ready. Uh, Midway? Uh, it's Williams. Cody is right. Cody has one point. Tim has zero. Robotron 2084 was released in the arcades in which one? 1980, 1981, or 1982? Hmm. Okay. I'm ready. 81. I went 80. You both got it wrong. Combo oh, breaker. Combo. <laughs> so, so far, you guys, it's one to zero, and there were no combos linked up in that oh, series. What a surprise. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number two. Name that game. Sounds identical. <laughs> they do sound similar. Name that game. I got mine. You got yours, Tim? I'm going to Scooby Doo on that one. He says Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, I might as well say Scooby Doo. Um. R-Type. Time Pilot. I'm going for it again, Eric. That's Time Pilot. Cody has it right. One to zero. Whoop, whoop. Which company published Time Pilot? I knew you were going to ask that. These are all going to follow similar themes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good game, too. Tim, what do you got? Do you guys have answers? I have an answer, but it's wrong. I'm going Konami. I'm going Namco. The answer is Konami. What? <laughs> Combo. Combo. So now Cody has a total of three points because he got two for that one. Still got a zero for Tim. Wait, wait. Do I not get the first point too? You did get the first point. Oh, so you had, I got it one doubles for, and now I got one got for Williams. One for the first one, two for the second. No, no. This just goes in each each genre. Gotcha. So there's a combo for four questions in each in each game. I, under, I understand. But I got a total of four, but three in my combos so far. I gotcha. Correct. So I gotcha. total, you have four. Correct. Did this game come out in 1980, 1981, 1982? Time pilot. I got mine. I'm going 82. I also went 82. You both got it correct. Combo! So, Cody, you got four points for that round. You have a total in this round of seven points. Tim, you have one, but you've begun your combo. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so excited. Oh, the, com- the, the, the carry over, huh? The combo can get well, bigger? Well, yours gets bigger. It's, it's, you have four questions in each game, and you can get a total of okay, okay. double in each round. Okay, so here we go. Question two. Or question three, I'm sorry. Um, well, really four. <laughs> How many levels are there in Time Pilot? 
because they just wrap around when you complete them. How many total levels are there in Time Pilot? I love this game. And if you remember, they they all have years assigned yes, to each they do. level. Tim, let's go. It's going to be five. What do you say, Tim? I put ten. Woo! That'd be a better Brody game. Got it right. It's five. So is that four points for that question? That's eight points. So you got you you completed the full combo. One plus two plus four plus eight. Dang, son. All right, now it's going to be like a Spectrum question. It's going to be like, Mastertronic game. <laughs> so the, the levels, by the way, if anyone's paying attention, 1910, 1940, 1970, Cody has 16 points. Tim's got Tim this. Has, Tim has one. It's going to take one game that Tim knows really well. That's what it's going to take. Right. <laughs> which I, which was me a time pilot. So, all right, here comes the next game. And don't worry. These games do get a little more interesting. So don't worry. It's coming. Combo breaker. <laughs> what was that at the end? <laughs> that was Eric spinning up a little bit of his beer, <laughs> trying to trying to keep it down. That was Eric with his combo breaker. <laughs> combo. Who published this, fellas? Ooh. Sega. Ooh. Well, you shouldn't have said that quick, Tim. So I honestly was not going to say Sega. So, honestly, what would I have said? I probably would have just said, like, Midway or something. I have no idea. So, technically, the game that published this was Bally Midway. Oh! <laughs> I'll take it. The arcade game, not the ports. Mm, okay. Do you think that's wrong, Tim? Was that the arcade soundtrack or was that the port soundtrack? That's the question, I guess. Well, that was the arcade. That was straight from the arcade. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I just threw that out there. I had no idea. Did Sega do all the ports, Tim? Is that why? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what year did this come out? 1982, 1983, 1984. In the arcades. These are all about arcade games. I'm ready 82. when you are, Tim. 82 is what I was going to say. I think you're you sticking with that. got that wrong. Combo oh, breaker. Combo broken. So your combo is broken. So final question on this one. The game draws inspiration from the blank films and was originally supposed to carry the blank brand. James uh, Bond. James Bond, yeah. Okay, you both got it. Okay. So, Cody, you got three points at the end of that one? Uh, well, just for anyone that actually doesn't know, that was Spy Hunter. That was oh I never said that did I no yeah <laughs> thanks Tim I, I can hear Josh screaming at this saying what was that damn game <laughs> hold on hold on I'm gonna ask a question even though it's not part of the actual game show 
that theme song has a name. What's the name of that song? Uh, it's John Gunn, I think, isn't it? Half right. Do you know Eric? I don't. Peter Gunn. Peter Gunn, that's it. Gunn. Yep. All right. Okay, so Cody got three points in that round. Tim got one. So do I get three even though I missed one in between? You didn't miss one in between, did you? No, I got Williams, I missed 82, and then I got Bond. So oh, that's right. Two You're points. right. I'm sorry. So you got two points. You're right. You're right. Okay. So now the total right now is 18 to two. two. Oh, Tim, <laughs> two, two. <come> on. two, two. <laughs> All right. Next game. That's what you have Here to wear if you lose. This is going to be a little tougher. Here we go. You've been peeking again, Cody. You haven't, you haven't seen below the waist, below the sides. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Goodness. It's a bunch of random noises. <laughs> really? Um Take your best guess. Alright, I have I have a name written down. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell me when you got one, Nick uh Tim and I'll I'll tell mine real quick. Man. I d I'm just drawing a blank on that. I've really got nothing. Um Stringy Lori. Stringy Lori. <laughs> what do you got? I got I'm going to go with bump and jump. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Zero to zero. That was elevator action. Oh. Huh. The sound does not elevator. fit the game at all. Okay. That, that was the sound like in the beginning of his, the rope going down and then he, he shimmies down it and then the music begins. <laughs> Who published elevator action? Ah. I know this. So confident, I, I give myself a I point. Know this. It's actually surprising. It doesn't seem like something they would make. I'm gonna take another sip of this beer, and hopefully, I can talk after. Uh, that. I, I'm just gonna go midway. I don't think it's right. Taito. It's Taito. Taito. Okay, Cody's begun his combo. Did this game come out in 1983, 84, or 85? All right, I got my number. I'm going with 83. I'm going with 83. You both got it right. I'm making more noise. I almost went 84, and I thought, no, I'm reaching back. I think it's 83. So in this round so far, you got a combo, Cody. So you're up to three total points, two and one. And Tim, you have one. Last question. Otto enters a 30-story building at roof level and must work his way down to the basement, collecting secret documents whose locations are marked by what color doors? <laughs> Pick a color. I'm going red. I went blue. Tim is right. Oh, Tim Tim. 
Ring so Tim, combo. 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 So, Tim, you got a total of three on that one, and Cody got a total of three. Gosh, I don't. It's just not beer. This is not beer. It's not beer. <laughs> <laughs> the score is twenty-one to five. So far. it's a it's a beverage. <laughs> duh, duh. Not a good right, beverage, though. So. I think this one is probably one of the more tougher ones. So you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I know that. Gosh, I know that game. Gosh, I've played a lot of this game. All right, I'm gonna. I have. I have no. I'm. This is really random, and I don't think it's what it is. But I'm gonna go with Don Doku Don, <laughs> the Japanese game. But I'm going with BC Kid. It's a good guess. They are both wrong. That is Snow Bros. Snow Bros. Okay. So it's funny. So Don Doku Don is a Snow Bros clone. <laughs> is it? <laughs> or the other way around? I don't know. But in my head, I knew it was like one of those single screen, like bubble bobble Snow Bros kind of a games. Okay, gentlemen. I'm going to suck on this because I've never played Snow Bros before. So. Oh, really? But you know what it is, right? I know it's a game. <laughs> it's oh, it's kind of like Bubble Bobble. It's a very very Bubble yep. Bobble-ish game. I don't think either one of you will get this one. Who published it? I think is I know it, who it frankly, is. Really? That will impress me. Any ideas, Tim? Even though Namco. Capcom. Neither. It's Toa Plan. T O A P L A N. Toa Plan. Toplan. Okay. Toplan. Yep. They made a lot of schmups. I thought it was Capcom. Was it? Nope. Now I want to look. Well, I can look it up now. But I swear the NES port was released by Capcom. It's possible. Yeah. That's probably what it was. Okay. What year did this come out, gentlemen? 1989, 1990, or 1991? To begin your combo in the arcades. In the arcades, I'm going with. I'm going to go with ninety. I'll let Tim go where he wants from there. I wrote down 1989. <clears throat> Cody has it right. 1990. Not a combo. <laughs> Last question for Snow Bros. What are the names of the two heroes in this story? And this is multiple choice. Is it Hob and Knob? <laughs> what was that, Tim? Really? How Hob old and are Knob. we? <laughs> Chase, is it Chase and Nick? Or is it Nick and Tom? So is it Hob and Knob? <laughs> Chase and Nick, or Nick and Tom? I got my I'm answer. I'm going with Chase and Nick. Nick and Tom. Cody got it. Most boring names ever. 
Is this a ZX Spectrum round, round yet, Eric? <laughs> well, I guess it's arcade games. It can't be. This is all arcade games. Is it Chase HQ related? <laughs> <laughs> what are, score, is tw- score is 24 to 5. There's not a lot of games that are kind of like arcade games that are Europe, uh, England specific, huh? No, I mean... Uh, Chase HQ most, most was... Most of those I've heard. Yeah. So, uh, I know of Elevator Action. I know of... Um, Robotron, obviously no Spy Hunter. That last one, Snow Bros, no, never played gotcha. it. Yeah. Here we go. This is uh, the second to last question, so here we go. that game how are you feeling about it tim i'm feeling okay i think think, are you feeling okay i think tim and i are on the same page unless it's a trick question i think we have it it the the, the sound effects are very nintendo and i think we both agree it's popeye popeye yep you guys both got it one to one and i might combos have started i might have got i might have just gave away (laughs) the second answer (laughs) just realized you did. <laughs> who published this game, guys? <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Oh, tell God. us who published it. I didn't you hear just... that bit, actually. Uh, oh. So go, go ahead, Cody. <laughs> Nintendo. Go ahead. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you guys both got it. So. No, I, I, no, I didn't get that. Sure you I did. Tim. Tim got you it. Got it you Merry got it, Tim. Cr- Merry Christmas, Tim. Yep. <laughs> you each have three points. Here we go. Oh. I don't know if you know this one. This was uh, interesting. I just learned this maybe a couple weeks ago. The Popeye characters were originally going to be used by Nintendo for the game that became blank, but couldn't due to licensing issues. Hmm. The Popeye characters were originally going to be used by Nintendo for the game that became blank, but couldn't due to licensing issues. If you guys are struggling a bit, I have one little hint for you. No, <clears throat> it's you gotta, not much of a hint. You got a big us. hint, huh? <laughs> go ahead, keep go ahead. You I'll, I'll take a stab it. at it. Go on, then, Cody. I'm just gonna throw Donkey Kong out there. That's the only possible thing that I was thinking of was Donkey Kong. Yeah, that is correct. Really bizarre so donkey kong was not going to have mario or an ape in it or pauline it was going to have all the characters in it bluto would be the ape and then olive oil would be the damsel at the time they couldn't get the licensing so they created their own characters for donkey kong and then eventually they did get licensing and created the popeye arcade game yeah so you guys both got that so that increases your scores you both have seven in this round The only thing this week, obviously, Tim, I'm you're not enjoying spinach. this game. <laughs> you're not enjoying this game, Tim. I'm gonna have to make a better game for you. This beer. The only thing it's missing this, to become yeah, Alan Gord's is the yeah. stomach pain. Eric, there is nothing wrong with the game. It's just this particular <laughs> player. <laughs> but, well, this is the last question. You guys ready? Don't don't diss the game. The game is sound. <laughs> don't diss the game. Diss the player. 
Here we go. <laughs> Name that game. God. <laughs> For your complete your combos. I know this. Uh, well, I, well, I think I I know the noise. But I don't know whether this is what I'm thinking it is. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I know that song game very well. I can't place the gameplay right now. Alright, I know what I'm going to go with, but I don't think it's right. So the score right now, by the way, is 39 to 20. I've got 20 points? Good grief. <laughs> you, did, you you completed the full combo chain. Okay. For Popeye. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with Amadar. Okay. I'm going to go with Burger Time. It's not oh. Burger Time. Not Burger Time. <laughs> not burger time. <laughs> the game, my friends, is Frogger. Oh. oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's Frogger. No combo, no combo started yet. That's stupid. What company published Frogger? <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't get Frogger. Who I'm am gonna, I? I'm going to go with my old staple, Sega. I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to continue the game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I missed Frogger. I knew that. I know that. Ah. Oh. Frogger is company I should know. Froggy, 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 Frogger. This this beer is amazing. It's growing on me. It, no, my number went is getting worse so much. So, Ooh. My, I think I actually have lost some memory because of this beer. <laughs> <laughs> my plan is working. Then <laughs> we're playing the long game with this beer. Oh my gosh! This is this, okay. This whole this whole game is embarrassing me now. This Frogger thing. Not Namco. It's not. I just have to throw something out there. I guess um, Frogger is. I'm just gonna say Konami again. I don't know. And what did you say, Tim? Sega. Cody got it right. Konami. <sighs> Curse you, Konami. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a guess. It felt. Guys, wrong. did did Frogger come out in 1980, 81, or 82? 81. Tim? I'm going to go 80. Cody got it. 81. (sighs) Last question of the whole game. You guys ready? So ready. The game's opening tune is the first verse of a Japanese children's song called Inu no Amarasan. True. What does that mean in the Queen's English? I threw that in there for you, Tim. <laughs> oh, this is the British question we were waiting for. Okay, this is a multiple choice. You ready? The frogs jump, the dog policeman, or the snake's milkshake? I'm going to go with the dog's policeman. That's just too weird. I'm going to go with the snake's mil- milkshake. <laughs> it is... The dog policeman. <laughs> Cody what? got it right. 
The score ends with Cody at 46, Tim at 20. Congratulations, Cody. You Congratulations, are the Cody. You are the Thank arcade you. king. Thank you. Uh, winner gets uh, an Amiga CD32 from the loser. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll make that happen. <laughs> oh, that was good, Eric. That was fun. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Tim, you should take more joy in your game playing. You did. You did well. I no, I did not. I, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I, for being gracious, Cody. But I sucked at that game. <laughs> hey, most of my combos were saved by a random guess. I I had like three or four random guesses that just happened to work. I don't understand how. All right, I'm down to my last sip of christmas pudding vanilla custard stout gentlemen really that's that, that's amazing you, well done you win Cody. that game because i you still win. have this much i still have about half of oh the, my god well wow. you've been talking a lot eric you've been talking yeah, a lot that's but, true that's true and but, I'm, I'm, but i'd be happy to open a new beer yes please don't get me wrong I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna raise my score to 21 this is worse than i originally gave it credit for like i, I, I kind of said at the middle of our game show the only thing it doesn't have on howling gourds is the nausea yeah, but yeah. the taste is Yet. just as bad. <laughs> okay, no, I, I I don't think the taste Done. is quite as bad, but because um, I I couldn't get past the first mouthful of Howling Gourds, it was just oh, oh it was just overwhelming. It really and the was. funny thing is, I honestly think we drank the whole. I drank the whole thing in the Howling Gourd, man. And Eric I got did, really sick. I, and I said I would, and I I threw away. I think the last like four ounces, I couldn't. No, no. I couldn't. That's, that's really is the worst beer ever, and th- that's well, that's you- up there. That's up there. But it is something you can actually get past your get past your nose for th- two or three actual sips. <laughs> and to be fair, this is a tall boy where the Helen Gord was just a standard bottle. It's true. That's true. Oh. All right, are we going to open another beer? Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks for the beer, Tim. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to open the other one that I sent? I would love to. Because yes. I want to drink something I can so drink. So I, I think that was that was like the worst. And this, personally, for me, this is one of my my beers of the year. So I, oh, I hope wow. you guys, I hope you I guys think this. about it because I've I've drunk quite a few of those recently. <laughs> now, Tim, I don't know if you noticed this. Hold on. Yeah, I want to know what kind of scam you're pulling. This is I don't. So there's a couple things. First of all, the the first two beers Eric and I had today. Yeah. Uh, American beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, averaged about 7% alcohol by volume. Yep. Both yep. of these beers are, one is just below 5%, and the other one is 52 Mm-hmm. Is there a, and I think I've asked this before, but it just seems like, is there a, a liking? A skewed scale. <laughs> is, there, is there a reason that our beers are so much more alcoholic? Is it a law? Is it an import thing? Or is it just a... Um, just how you know how I guess the societal thing how how people why is there a difference, I, I don't you know? know I don't know whether the whether the scale is different is it well, is it a metric scale as opposed to an imperial scale is it <laughs> because you've got um, is it what what does it say alcohol per what it's, it's, it's percentage it's by a volume. percentage by volume I don't think it has anything to do with the scale I think what he's asking is like if you go to right now if you go to Utah one of our states. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Utah. Yes, indeed. they don't. They don't have hello Utah. Hi, they don't have <laughs> high alcoholic um, 
beers. I think it might be because of uh, some kind of ordinance or something. Yeah, we, we have nothing. We have nothing, nothing along like those that. lines. No, I mean, you know, in, in our homes, we can brew our own beers and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And our, you know, like the ciders over here, you know, that the apple fermented drink is is yeah. just evil, absolutely evil. So yeah, I mean, it's up on like, you. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. now, I th- my my argument here might be counter to Cody's. I actually do not like high high alcoholic content beers. I think they taste too alcohol y mm-hmm. and I think that it spoils the taste of the actual beer. So I'm actually pl- very, very happy when it's yeah. around 5%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like 7% beers usually. I, I mean, it's, too for me, it's like things like um, Stella, which is a really, for me, is a really, really, really strong lager. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I can't, I can't go anywhere near strong, really strong beers. It doesn't do anything for me. Strong beers and lagers. Um, yeah. I like something that's kind of a bit more smooth and mellow. And you know, I'm, I'm not a contrary to obviously. I'm on a game show uh, on a podcast where we drink beer, or you guys drink beer, and I drink beer. You know, later on in the day and all that sort of thing. But I'm not a massive drinker, if you know what I mean. I, I'll have one beer. Um, and I'll enjoy that and I won't, I don't sort of like, you know, uh, drink to excess in it in any way, shape or form. Um, so I like something that's, you know, that, that I can drink one beer quite happily and not really feel too much effect from. Yeah. Now yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't arguing that it needs to be a higher percentage. I'm just curious because yeah. over here, like it's hard to find a beer that's true. That's a local, like a micro, a micro yeah. brew. Which yep. most of these are, but they're all in that five percent range where all of our yep. microbrews are even the loggers are like higher percentages than Yeah, than, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, no, no. I I don't think it's done well, I don't I don't know. Um I don't know whether, you know, traditionally here in England we drink more beer, therefore you know, I mean, you know, there's this whole used used to be this whole thing. You go go to the pub and you drink ten pints. You know, it's, there's this whole ethos of binge drinking and all that sort of thing. So whether there's kind of some ethical legislation out there between the between the brewers that you make things less alcohol content, so people that are tending to binge drinking aren't drinking <laughs> high volumes and all that sort of thing. But, you know, it's not something I'm aware of because I'm I, I'm not a like I say, I'm not a massive drinker in the first place. I just enjoy a beer to enjoy the beer. I don't enjoy you know, I don't chuck it down my throat just to get drunk. Even if it's Helen Gord? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so anyway that was a very long roundabout way of saying hey yeah. did you notice when you were enjoying enjoying your your beer here that you love so much i as soon as i grabbed it i'm like this is small it and is yeah this is a 12 ounce standard can this is 11 ounce it must be yeah it doesn't actually say well it's all metric so it doesn't say ounce it says uh what 1.6 units yeah 300, 330 milliliters i don't know what any yeah. of that means but it's smaller. Tim, yes. what the hell, what the hell is one point six units? Damn it, Bobby! <laughs> what the units, hell? It's, we we measure um, uh, like the amount of units a person can have a day, um, and uh, like a serving size. Be healthy, yeah. Some something along those okay. lines, yeah. So, and funnily enough, there's a different record. Well, uh, there was. I don't know whether there still is nowadays, but there was a different unit rating 
uh, scale if you were male or female. Um, so that the, sounds like socialism, son. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, up. but I know body fat index is different for each, and maybe there's yes. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's down to down to different metabolisms and all that sort of stuff. I guess. And I'm cracking open, and I am ready to enjoy my solstice with my boys. Cheers. I really do hope you guys enjoy this. And this is cool. This is called oh, Sour Solstice. Sour Blood Solstice. Orange, solstice. Blood orange and cranberry sour. Yeah. From the London Beer Factory. Yeah. It looks cool. I, yep. I, I I actually like these little cans. Yep. And this this is one I just I just literally found in our local superstore when I'm just going out doing shopping. Um so it's not like a a, a classic microbrewery or anything along it's those right. lines. But yeah, see what you hmm. guys think. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Taking a sippy poo. Mm. Be honest. It sounds like, it tastes like high C. I was gonna, <laughs> so, so up front, what I will say right now, Tim, is you're right. This is a delicious beverage. Beverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting a little of the sour, the sour beer, but I'm getting a lot more. Uh, almost, almost comes across as like a mix between a sour and like a um, sparkling cranberry. Uh, yeah. What do you What do you call one of those? Um, like truly or white claw or whatever. But but I don't care for those. This is better. Yeah, uh, and you get. You I, I like the I like the cranberry aftertone at the end, where it kind of like s- soothes out the sour a bit. I do like it. I love the flavor of it. It's really good. I will say Eric wanted to put this one at the end because right before we started this episode, we just finished our last episode, and uh, Eric actually pick, picked up a sour without knowing it um, because he was being a sweetheart to me. <laughs> and and he, it said key lime on it. He knows I love key lime, but it turned out yep. to be uh, a fairly aggressive sour. <laughs> wow. Which, <Nice>. I, <laughs> yeah. which I enjoyed. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was but, good. But he wasn't ready to put another one back to back. <laughs> right. But if, I, is, if I had one, yeah, if I had one wish about this, the it color? would be no, no, the color's <laughs> fine. The carbonation. There's no head. There's no like I said. It is like a beverage. It's like there's a no, soda. Yeah, yeah. There's very little carbonation on this. Yeah, yeah. It like pours into almost like a punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But which isn't bad. It just it the mouth feel. Yeah. So it says it's part Pilsner and part wheat. Yeah. I, love, I like the flavor a lot. It's, yeah, good. it's good. It's good. It's a good, it's it's a good beverage. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell my, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that beer needs to taste like beer. Mm. Yes. And I wouldn't suggest this to them. No. My, my neighbor's brother is like that. Like beer has to be beer. He yeah. won't even put fruit in his beer, which I, I'm fine with. I like to put a little lime wedge in, in a Corona or whatever. He yeah. I typically do don't like, do that. That's not but, it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I, I I like it. I'm I will rate it as a beverage rather than a beer because I will sure. be upfront. I don't think it's I a, think a, fair. I don't think it's very beery. Yeah. Um, out of um, out of uh, out of twenty five jingle bells, how many how many bells is this one ringing for you, Eric? Out and, of twenty five, and, and Tim. I'm sorry, I know Tim. You're not. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Give this. Why don't you rate it? Uh, For me, I would go with twenty-three. Twenty-three. High praise. I enjoy it. 
I, I do enjoy it. I'm going to get it, but I don't love it, love it. I enjoy it. I, I will give it 19. Okay. I think I'll give it a 20. Solid 20. 20 out of 25. Jingle bells. Solid beverage. Mm-hmm. Solid beverage. It is good. And it, it does have a unique color. Like, it's not, you can't see through it. Definitely can't see through it. It's a bit yeah. muddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the C64 of sours. <laughs> It's a bit. It's a. It's a bit muddy. It's a bit muddy. <laughs> it's a bit muddy. All right. Good cool. gracious. Great That's one. where it went. Good. Well done, Tim. Well done. Okay. Um. Hey. What's next what? on the agenda here? No, no we, we should are a retro gaming show. We should. Yeah, I think we should catch up. Catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. All right. Enjoying this beer. Thank you, Tim. Uh, know what else Tim sent us along with a bunch of beers, Eric? Yeah. What did he send us? Goodies? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making up my own British terms for... Yeah, that, that we won't. We we definitely don't want to use that as a British term. I'll, I'll just I'll just put that out there, Cody. Okay, we, that that that's completely an Americanism. I do not I do no. not fall in line with that particular comment. So uh, what is that? What, what is it? I I, oh. I I can't I can't go there. I can't go there. Sorry. Is that a, is it a racist term? I feel like a racist it. term. Maybe, maybe we should beep that one out, Cody. Let's let's, might, let's, let's put that down to lost in translation. All right, okay. I, might, I, need, I need to go. All right, one hour and thirty two minutes into the show, I need to make an edit. Yep, please. I, so I, I was, <laughs> I'll tell I, you offline. <laughs> I, th- I think I have my moment of the year. <laughs> hey, it's before the year. We can say that. I, oh, I blame I the it. beer. <laughs> Sorry no, about that. No, there's so many things. Apologies, <laughs> listeners. I will. I will edit that out. Make sure I don't forget to do that. Then apparently, um, you know, I had to look it up. And how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? A good 25 percent of our audience, from the numbers I can see, are are, are uh, over there in uh, England. So they probably uh, know what you're talking about. I, I just took my typical American view of what British people do, and they shorten the words and add E at the end. That's kind of what they do. I don't know. Yeah, and that's why it's not good words. <laughs> it's a specky. It's a, it's a specky. It's a specky. It's yeah. a Zeddy XE specky. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay. Anyway, we received okay. a parcel. Yes, we did. A parcel? <laughs> A parcel? What does that mean, Cody? What does that mean, Tim? Tim, what's a parcel? Cody, you're you're skating on thin ice here, dude. We're going to have no episode to put out in a minute. (laughs) Oh, good gracious. You guys received a package from me. Oh, yes. We'll see in America. Package. Yeah, I know. I was was just waiting for for Eric to start sniggering there. (laughs) Um, A posted box with tape on it came in the mail from Tim. It did. It arrived with, should have arrived with some gusto, but it didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and I think that's partly my, my pro- pro- problem, because on the top it looks like it's been opened, because the box is from a company called Gusto, who supply kind of like fresh ingredients and um, a recipe list, and we occasionally get one to make different meals up. Yeah, I've done um, that. And what I should have done is I should have... Um, turn the box kind of inside out 
um uh, because it just obviously says you know the fresh goodness and all that sort of thing so i spec customs opened it up thinking that it might have contained a load of fresh goodness uh, fresh food <laughs> and all that sort of stuff in there <laughs> so, or as i like to call them freshies yeah <laughs> freshies freshies Man, my heart's still uh. pounding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> right. The question's gonna be, what sound effect do I cover that up with? I'm curious now. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I, I don't. I'm laughing. I don't even know why, honestly. No, but I'll, I'll look I, it up I, later. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what was in the box? Uh, <laughs> that's right. Box. Well, as we mentioned last episode, or as you guys mentioned last episode, uh, it's not a surprise at this point, so I can just pull it out, but I haven't actually seen it yet. Um, I'm starting with the big, the big one first. Sorry. The big tamale. It's Christmas. I can't, uh, hold, I can't contain myself. So, so Cody is Eric opening the box, and he is pulling something out of the box now. Uh, it is and something... It is- it's something, something it's in, that we agreed that I would send over from the last episode. Whatever it is, it's in an Amiga Cita 32 case. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Look at that. So Cody is holding a shiny Amiga CD32 that I've sent over to him. It is clean, huh? The case, I, I was impressed on how how well it looked. Like its condition... It's, it's it, overall condition is looks looks great. Yeah, it's been it's I I did a complete tear down on it because I had to send the board out to get it recapped. Um so I did obviously a complete tear down on it and gave it a good clean and um shine over. Shine so over. Good. The only the only thing that um is slightly wrong with it is that the the like the perspex on the top of the CD lid is slightly cracked. Yeah, um, but I saw yeah, that. Yeah, there. it just looks like a little scratch in it. Yeah, don't know whether that'll buff out or not. <laughs> and then it's got <laughs> she'll buff out. Um, and then it's so got, that is the that's the Kipper two K riser on the back. Okay, which I didn't has know which one's the, called which. So yeah, yeah. So that's got the the twenty three way RGB connection port on it, and a PS two. Uh, keyboard connection port on there. Now, why do they choose PS2 of all things? That's that's what's curious to me. I think it's so they don't have to add a USB IC on there. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd you'd have to have some logic, some kind of chip that would interpret USB devices, and that that just takes more. PS2, I think, is a simpler device. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of well, when I say more common, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of. It's, classed as a as a cheaper connector as well isn't it not so much these days though because it's ps2 keyboards are getting more expensive now yeah interesting but yeah and then that is attached to a terrible fire 328 card in there it is so that's already inside that is inside there that's inside there along with the cf card um which is so that's on the IDE port on the uh, terrible fire card so it's an eight meg expansion isn't it yep Yes. That's right. So Eight meg could, plus ID. Yeah, that's it. And you can tell no, that no uh, accelerator or anything. This riser was soldered by hand. All these pins. Yep. Whoever yeah. did it did it by hand because it's like <laughs> it's a lot of pins. That's got to be a couple hundred, maybe a couple hundred pins done by hand. Yeah. 
lot of that stuff is all all made by hand those ones that's why they're so hard to get hold of they are yeah i had a tough time finding one and especially at that one that was such a good price as well awesome thank you so much and all the work you guys went through to recap it and reset it up and then tim got it or eric got it uh the other day and tested it out tested it all out works like a champ and then eric went just the extra step further and also even provided me with the uh, PS2 to the USB adapter. Yep. So nice. I got him a little adapter just so that that's what I use. I, I, when I ordered mine, it came with two. So yep. I was like, I'm going to give Cody this extra one. Yep. Cool. Awesome. So you can get a keyboard in there. You plug your mouse in the side. And as yep. Doug would say, you are golden. You are golden. Golden. Except you would say you'd plug this little guy in the side. Plug this little guy in the side. This little guy in the side. <laughs> Awesome, Tim and Eric. But Tim, thank you so much. Yeah, I did very I little. Big time, I so. just made sure it worked because I have a power supply. Cody doesn't have one yet. Yeah, he will. Yeah, that I do need a power supply, and um, uh, and then I'm going to start working on a way to get. Uh, I'll probably get one of those PlayStation adapters so I can play two button games. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Amiga games. Yay. Yay. You will have a fully function. Now, I will say it works great. I played several games. It, it's beautiful. Works perfect. Perfectly. Yeah. Now Re- recapping, recapping revitalized that Amiga. Cause it was a bit, bit funky when I got it. Uh, but yeah. the recapping sorted it out. There was only one channel audio and it was a bit choppy and yeah, the recap did a good job on that. Now I have to ask, Eric and I each got one of these. I'm very curious, yes. the story behind this. <laughs> so that is, um, <coughs> for our listeners, Eric, uh, sorry, Cody is holding up a pink windmill Christmas coloring book from The Future Was 8-Bit. Um, yes. So uh, Rod from Future Was 8-Bit sent, furnished me with a few copies of his uh, Christmas coloring book. Um, so I thought I'd pass on the love to you guys. Um, so you have the, the, the Future Was 8-Bit coloring book for Christmas. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. I mean, That's other hilarious. than the misspelling of coloring on the front. Yeah, it's right. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Who, who, who drew this? Oh, um, Stephen, Stephen Grayson, it says. Yes. Yeah. Do you know uh, him? So it's. I think it's it's the same guy that does the artwork for the Future Was Eight Bit Games. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, really now cool. I, okay, now I see it. So when you first start looking at it, I'm like, this looks like a generic, random coloring book. And then I start realizing that no, it's name. actually a story. <laughs> the, the, well, yeah, I see it's a story, but then I yeah. realize it's so well done. I I see Rod there, and then I see uh, Rod holding his emu. Emu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a euphemism. And then. <laughs> Should I shorten it and add an E at the end? Um, and then at, by the time we get to the ending, oh, there's a Christmas pudding, which apparently like catches fire too. Yep. Um, you, what you do is I don't you, want to give you, away the you, story, but yeah, is you is you chuck a load of brandy over the Christmas pudding and then set it on fire. And then there's a couple of very cool uh, coloring images of the future was eight yeah, bit of the future was eight bit products. Nice. And then at cool. the end, you've got like. Um, Oh, I won't give away the ending just in case someone's b- bought the color. Oh, I see it though. Sort of I see yeah. it, and I won't yeah. say it. But <laughs> yep, you got you got to go to thefuturewas8bit.com and buy yourself a copy. Indeed, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Love it. I'll, what else uh, did you get? Oh, there's more. But wait, there's more. Eric, Eric, do you want to dive into the rest of this thing? 
Yeah, so I got uh, a ton of tapes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Go through some of these. Some tapes with games. I one, got, um, one of particular interest to me. One of these is really cool. So Gunship, which I know Tim knows that I love a lot. Yeah. One of my favorite games growing up, Gunship. This is the ZX Spectrum version, which amazes me that they... And I know there was a C64 version of this on tape as well. Yep. My version, of course, was on disc. Was on disc, but yep. this comes on two tapes. It is. That's a yeah, cool it's, box. It's painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can the, imagine. The tape, the tape version is painful. You just, it's just a lesson in futility. But it looks <laughs> it looks so much better on the shelf. Yeah. But the the beautiful thing about this though is the operations manual. Yeah. And the Wait, so this is an operations manual, yeah, and the, the, there's two of them here. Yeah, if you put them up to the camera a second. Yeah, one of them's smaller than the other one. Yeah, so what it what it is, is you've got the alternative artwork, and yeah. you've got the manual for both. So oh, originally, awesome. the, the gunship yeah. box was like the red, and had just sort of like the, the gunship in, in the middle of of the of the box whereas you've right. got the alternative artwork there for the spectrum version that's why i sent it to you because the traditional one was the full red box but you've got awesome. one with the full full color yeah. um gunship logo on it and all that sort of stuff um that so is yeah. awesome so that that will go in your collection wicked awesome. told the story i love the manual in this game like i yeah. i read through it every day at school like i just would pour through it it has all the like wireframes of all the enemy um like tanks and jets. Is that a similar manual or is that? It's the same exact unique. manual. It's no, the it same, yeah. same manual. It's just the different covers. So they, they, yep. they did a, they did a different cover version. Um, That's I don't know awesome. whether it was the earlier or the, I think it was a later release that had that, um, you know, proper full color picture on the front that wraps around the side of the box. Whereas the other one was just a red box with the kind of part of the gun, part of the whole gunship poster, if you were in the middle, the gunship yep. artwork. So this is Zub, yes, for the ZX Spectrum, which is one of my favorite that's, Spectrum games. That, that's the only only Spectrum game I've ever completed. The first one I fell in love with, and the only one I've ever completed. Yep, I love. And Zub. then here's Specticide for the Spectipede. Yeah, Spectipede. Yep. That was one of the. If you look on the side, that was one of the very first ever Mastertronic games. If you oh, look you're on right. The, if you look on the spine, now what what number yep. is it? Is it three or four or something like it's that? Zero zero two one zero zero. Oh right, twenty. Oh right, really? Twenty one. I thought. Yeah. It was, I thought it was le- earlier than that. Mm, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Test cricket, Graham Gooches. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy a cricket game. Test cricket. <laughs> I've got Test a cricket, cricket game around here somewhere. Test cricket is like one of the most boring things. <laughs> I, mean, I, cricket, I do really cricket like the is, case, though. <laughs> cricket is is uh, is is um, a, a, a lengthy game to say the least, and then they make it into a five day event, which, which a, is a test, test. A test is five days long per yeah, match. It can, it can be. It can go. I think. Uh, what is it? Uh, maybe it's three or three or four days um but yeah they're, they're playing goodness. they're playing a big test series out in australia at the moment called the ashes which is a traditional game against uh england versus australia um and it's done over i think it's done over three or four four tests i think it is so it's hmm. um yeah i, I won't bore you goodness. That, but anyway yeah that's, that's like that's, just, that, that's like endurance racing is to racing it's like yeah we're gonna yeah. do 24 hours non-stop 
but but uh, but three 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 or four times, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't play overnight, do they? No, no. Right. Well, I mean, it, it goes on for, for it starts normally traditionally about eleven o'clock, and they do go into the night. The cricket uh, players don't have to pee in the seats because they're not taking potty breaks. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. Yep. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Go on, Eric. Sorry, you, you, we rudely interrupted your your flow with the games. <laughs> this is Wing Commander for the C sixty four, which yep. isn't a space Wing Commander. This is no. like it looks. It looks more like a modern, like British fighter jet kind of game, right? Yeah, that's right. Wing okay. Commander is a rank in the Royal Air Force. Yeah. Yep. And then here's Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom for the Spectrum forty eight K and one twenty eight K. Yep. And that's that that's the Kicks version. That's not the full release, so that's the budget version. Okay, Kickstart Off-Road Simulator, which I have played, and I Kickstart. enjoy this one for the Commodore sixty-four. It's yeah. like the little motorcycle game. Yeah, and uh, Speed King Two, which is a motor, another motorcycle game, right? Yep, originally released that- by Digital Integration, and then re-released by Mastertronic. Yep, and then this is a Commodore two complete games Beyond the Forbidden Forest and. Your mom. Um, oh. It looks like Lotus Esprit Turbo Challenge. Oh, Lotus! <laughs> with two playable demos, I think Robocop 2. Right? Yeah, so that is, that's a Commodore format cover tape. Yeah. So oh, that was cool. on oh, the cool. front of the magazine. On the front of the magazine. Yeah, yeah. And you got Sweet. Bounder there as well, haven't you? Is it Bounder on that one? I don't The tennis uh, ball? Yes, yes. Yep. You're so right. Yep. Bounder, Bounder yep. is, the, is the main game because that was like a, a Zap Sizzler's brilliant game, Bounder. Sweet. So I appreciate that, Tim. And this is motivating me to mount a new shelf on my wall because I really want to get all these tapes up there. Because like like I said, the tapes weren't really – there weren't budget tapes here in the U.S. Mm. I mean, I, some games were on tape, but most were on disc. Yeah. yeah. And um, I I love the tapes. I think, man, if I, w- if I had been a kid exposed to $1.99 tapes, I would have bought so many of those. I mean, I probably wouldn't have pirated so much. He, and exactly. And that, I think that's part of the reason why they did that over here. Not only to yeah. to get the games, um, I don't know, uh, to get a, a, another <laughs> label established and all that sort of stuff. But but like you say, there's there was so much piracy be- because games were so expensive, but they weren't. I mean, like the, the tape games were like, yeah. uh, the full releases were like £5.99, you know, £6 or something along those lines. And, um, and to get the art and the instructions and all that stuff, I would have gladly paid that amount. And that's why piracy was rampant here, as games were, you know, 30 bucks, 40 yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. A yeah. budget game was like 19.99 and from, from my yeah. youth, and that was like, you don't touch it because it's a budget for a reason. You know, thirty games, thirty dollars or more would be bare minimum. A a lot of the budget stuff was a bit like that. You know, the the one ninety nine and two ninety nine games. There was, you know, it was stuff that probably wouldn't have made it onto a full release. Um, But then there was some classic, you know, absolute classic budget games. Like, I mean, just just like Zub, for example. I love Um, Zub. Action Biker. Wasn't uh, Jetpack a budget game? uh, No. No, no, Jetpack was a full release. That was see. Possible. It's funny because I couldn't tell you what makes that a full release compared to a budget because they, at this point in time, they feel similar in their scope and length and stuff. Yeah, but what you got to remember is that's actually a 16k game. So that was like literally at the in, when when the when the Spectrum first came out. 
so gotcha uh, and with the with obviously with the limitations i think that they actually get that in about 8k of code um so for something like jetpack and those early ultimate games to to look and feel and play the way they do they were just amazing really compared mm. to some of the other you know if you see look at some of the other 16k games that were out there which were just basic really basic games using the udg character set and that sort of thing on the spectrum the jetpack and all that sort of stuff kind of broke the mold really for 16k games yeah and so what we have left is candy which was used as packing for these boxes yes so so eric do i do i more or less have a mirror image of what you're holding there no because there was some everything wasn't doubled so i had to make a kind of decision on what i think i thought you would like and what i would like so like i separated them so it was kind of uh there was an even split with um the 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 sort of like the standard stuff that i send over and then there was some other things there was some other things like um uh, some of the more uh, some of the licorice stuff that I know uh, Cody likes. I do love me yeah. some licorice, but I was I wondering. I do not like licorice, so yeah. I did give him all the licorice. Right, Eric. What about this pack of pipe tobacco? <laughs> so that wasn't it, for me. So did oh okay. So you didn't. I I said that you'd really need one of those each because you've both got to experience them at the same time. So this is for 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 the we'll listeners that, over here in the UK. Um, they're they're fishermen's friends. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll save it. We'll do it at the same time. Okay, yeah. all right. So okay, this is okay. this is one package, but it's got two packs it's in it. It's got two oh, individual packs. Yeah, I didn't see that, so yep. I'm sorry. I should yep. have known that's that. A, that's okay. But I got uh, for for me, I did get the Pontefract cakes. Yep. Now what what are these, Tim? Because I was looking at them, they look like Oreos. Yeah, they they're that's licorice without without the cream. Yeah, is it licorice? They're licorice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should have given this to Cody. <laughs> I'm going to save this for you. Cody. We'll, we'll make a swap. Yeah. Okay. okay. Eric, do you like soft, soft strawberry licorice? No, I don't like licorice. <laughs> that, that's actually not too bad. I, I don't like licorice, but I don't mind those. Yeah. They're okay. They're, they're okay. Look at that. Taverners. Now, one other thing I thought was cool was Hello Panda. Yes. Biscuits so, with chocolate flavor filling, and we both got one of those. Yep. So those those were actually sent over for your family, for your, da- okay. for your daughters. Because yep. Dan- Danica get, sent those over. I'm <laughs> going to give that to Clover. She will love it. I guarantee yeah, I, so Yeah. My girls are into... Uh, these are Japanese, right? Uh, I believe. I think... Are they, are they are something along those lines? Is this a... Uh, not Clover. I'm sorry. Is this Danica's go-to tra- treat? Is what she, uh, like? she, she likes those, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's, awesome. she's just absolutely nuts about pandas at the moment. So she, anything okay. with a panda in it, she's like, whoa. <laughs> love it. Love it. So I got the Cadbury caramel, golden caramel chocolate. Yeah. Yep. So Ooh, I didn't look get at that. that. Yep. Caramel. I'm not sure. I'm not but sure. I'm, I'm going to save these for you, Cody. The Pontefract cakes. Those are for you. I'm saving I'm them. Sure you I, I thought I sent you those before those ones. That or sounds familiar. No, no, no. Um, uh, didn't uh, Roy Roy Fielding send those over? That's right, he did. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yep. Yeah. I love we licorice. I love licorice. And I've got. I don't even know how to say that. It's caramel latte, but it's dime. It's a three pack. Dime bar. Dime. Oh, that's dime. So that's, yes, that's dime. That's um. Uh, it's uh, traditionally Swedish. So uh, okay. I'm surprised. Do you not have those in Ikea over there? Do they not sell the dime bars in Ikea? Oh, they, they might, might, but 
They might. We, we don't go to IKEA that often. Going to IKEA, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. But generally, they do have like the dime dime over there. But it's regular in our shops as well. I'm not gonna lie. I've never had the cherry version, but Turkish delight. I, I dig some Turkish delight. You sent it before, yeah. and I dig this stuff. Fra- fragrant so, cherry with chocolate. <laughs> so you were telling me we talked about this actually on the show. Probably, probably, I guess a year ago, probably, probably around this time. Um, you sent some of the the Cadbury Turkish Delight or whatever it is. Maybe it's fries. Yes, it's um, fries, but it was the regular one. And you told me, yeah, that it's typically like a rose induced in in whatever rose infused yeah. uh, gelatin, and then they usually cover it with powdered sugar. But you know, these guys do it with chocolate. Yeah. So, uh, and I've told you this on the show. So I live in Grass Valley now. Grass Valley is uh, official Cornish capital USA. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, we have a, a candy shop there, and they've got five different flavors of Turkish Delight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, including the rose. And I have not had it yet. They do have an entire licorice counter, and every time I go there, I've abused that thing. But yeah. Um, but I'm going to try all the uh, the actual Turkish Delight with it. The, they do have the powdered sugar and everything. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame I had to repack that box because you guys had some Cornish beers coming over to you, but I had oh, to I had, I had to sacrifice those for the for the CD32 unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, you made the right choice, but barely. Yeah. They they'll, they'll come <laughs> over. They'll come over. <laughs> what else you got there, uh, Eric? That's it. I mean, I got the crunchies and I got the double um double deckers. Double deckers, oh. which we love. I love those. Ugh. But my daughter loves crunchy, so she's going to love those. This is unique, at least for my taste buds. Sugar-coated rhubarb and custard. Yep. <laughs> is that unique to you, Tim, or are you just no, 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 they're a standard, they're a standard they candy standard? over here. Okay. They're, they're actually really nice. Uh, I thought you'd quite like those because they've kind of got that sweet and sour aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We got to get you some more lemon heads, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love lemon heads. <laughs> oh man, I gotta get those then because I, I know I can get those for you. <laughs> awesome, Tim. Thank you so much. Again. Okay. Thanks for the box, Tim. That was so awesome. No problem. No problem, guys. You are welcome. And happy Christmas. And thank you. And Eric, go ahead and expand your taste buds so you can eat more of this stuff with me. Okay, we'll do. You will like licorice. The blacker <laughs> the licorice, the better. <laughs> Okay, so think, moving on then. Yeah. What have Catching we got? up. Catching up. Catching Let's up. Get that. Let's We're, get that list up. Oh, we should already have it up. Do you not see it? I don't see it. See, that's frozen on my screen. Dang it. Unfreeze. Technology. I'm going to have to do something Well, no, here. it's not frozen, Eric. What's that? The Halo Master Chief Collection. Well, hold on. I don't <laughs> see my list. You don't need to see it. I just gave you the lead. Let's Let's roll. <laughs> All there's right. that there's that halo glow over the top of your head eric there you go i wonder why it's messed up in mine i just want to be i just want to know that's going to be my official segue for this episode do you know what's okay. not blank this <laughs> all right so i'll just go ahead and talk about it so i did get the halo chief master collection for xbox one uh it comes with a bunch of different versions of the old halo and we talked about this last episode but i did I, I started playing Halo 1, and I got about halfway through it, and it, it's it got its quirks, so I, I moved to Halo 4, and within two days, I beat Halo 4 on the really? campaign mode. Wow. Yep, and, and enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, played a lot of it. I, I There were some late nights, so 
um, I, I played through Halo Four. I went back and and, and went back to Halo One. I'm gonna, but I was having problems because I tried to start Halo Three and it wouldn't start. Like the game wouldn't start in campaign mode. And then a giant patch happened to download the next day, and it fixed all the problems, huh. including a bunch of different issues. So, um, this that's, is Xbox One. That's, that's on Xbox One is the Master Chief Collection. Yep. Uh, but it, now it has it has Halo One, Two, Three, Four. It has Halo Three OS OSTD ODST ODST, um, and it's all like has the online play. It has everything. I mean, you can't beat it for the price because nowadays you can get that used. I think I bought it for nineteen ninety nine. So I mean, yeah. if you like Halo, I've never played a Halo that, to this day. Oh man, Halo is so good. I mean. Sam and I, my son, played through the campaign of Halo 3 ODST, and we played through the whole thing on a weekend one time, all together on split screen. It's awesome. And it was awesome. So, I mean, I have a lot of very good, fond memories of Halo uh, Halo 3. Um, I never played on the original Xbox. I didn't have an original Xbox. Um, I just I got one in recent history, so... Now, I haven't played through the first Halo, but I plan on that's probably the next one I'm going to beat. So, because I'm about halfway through it now. Wicked awesome. Yep. Uh, speaking of wicked awesome, uh, yeah. Tim, you went somewhere. I did. I actually uh, went somewhere for a change. <laughs> wow. Right, be- um, right before lockdown again. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not locked down just yet, but almost. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, we got I went I got an invite to go to see Neil, uh Retro Man Cave or RMC. Um Neil has a uh, a new location that he's been sort of like working on for, for most of most of this year. Um and he's basically turned the the new cave uh into almost sort of like a computer museum. Um, now I have, so I have got, to interrupt and ask real quick. The picture I'm seeing right now, is this it? Uh, hang on two seconds. I've got the YouTube video up of him. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that is the location. So it's, so it's a, it's that's a converted, amazing. yeah, it's a converted mill. Um, so if you what? go along, if you go along this road, so it's, it's yeah. kind of like the, the main road is at the top of the road, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> and then you sort of like, you come down and you sort of like a, a lo- along, uh, the river and along that road, there's sort of like three or four of these big mill buildings. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's, it, it's, a uh, oh, I don't know, it's, uh, the, I think it's the third or the fourth floor in this uh, big converted um, old mill area. Um, so yeah, so uh, he's he spent most of the year getting all this done up, um, and then with the help of uh, patrons and all that sort of thing, he's had uh, various donations into 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 the cave. Um, Gary, um, who I who I'm friends with, um, he's very involved with uh, the RMC channel um, and has donated a few things uh, over to Neil, like some of the Sharp X 68,000 stuff. Um, so yeah, it's basically what he's done is you've got a, a massive room there. Uh, he's got um, 
just one thing that we just showed there on the video. Uh, I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it or not. One section of the of the cave he's converted into. Um, it looks like a, a W H Smiths, which is like one of our big stores over here. Uh, they used to sell um, eight bit stuff, so they used to sell the Commodore sixty four Spectrum, all that sort of thing. Um, and he's converted one corner of the of the section into. Um, like a, 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 a an old style computer display, so software display. So you've got all the games so cool. on display, and these all these games have been individually shrink wrapped. <laughs> yeah. so he spent literally hours shrink wrapping all these games. So similar to what I've sent you you guys over there this time. So he's got like a big row of. Um, uh, tape games, um, some Commodore 64 disc stuff. Then he's got some sort of like bit more slightly modern era. So Amiga and Atari ST and IBM PC, all that sort of stuff. But the main display area. So like we've got there is he's got these tables. Then he's got benches along the side where he's got Commodore 64, Spectrum, Amstrad, Amiga, PC, DOS PCs. He's got arcade cabinets. Um, then he's got the X68000, PC Engine, all that sort of stuff going on with all the original CRT displays, all that sort of stuff. Then down the other end, he's got his um, filming area uh, where he does all the, obviously, a lot of the filming and all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah it's it was just a really nice day myself and gary um took a chilled drive down there um and uh yeah we we turned up there i think it was just in time for when they kind of like cut the cut the ribbon to open the bill nice. up, open it up officially um there was a, a few guys there that we we kind of know together and we just sort of like uh, had a had a chat played a few games um and just had a you know a nice chilled time um and it was it was really nice neil's obviously very very welcoming and all that sort of stuff and yeah we just just had a had a good time and played some games and uh checked out what was going on there um i also so took cool. him up a uh, preloaded sd card for the commodore 64 that he's got on display because uh, it's running an sd to iec so i took him up uh, uh, an sd card with a load of stuff on there so he's going to use that one for um uh, for the for the c64 there um but yeah it was a really nice chilled day um nice to meet up with a few people and uh good to spend time with gary as well that thing is so much cooler than um on the outside than i would have thought i mean the inside i was always looked cool but i just figured it was in some like a granny flat as we would call it here uh, like attached to his house or something, but this is it's like it's, it's no, a mill no, on no. a river. I mean, <laughs> it's gorgeous. If, even the previous cave um, that I've been to a couple of times, that was um, in the kind of like in the middle of a town. Um, and again, it was sort of like on the on the first or second floor, I think it was, of a, like a little um, business unit. Um, but this is like, you know, uh, a proper, proper big building, a proper big old space. Um, and that's also where they make the, um, all the cases and everything like that for the, uh, the Mr. Uh, console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, just in a side, in the side room, um, Neil took us in there and the, you, you could see all the 3d printers go in and making all the cases and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was just in the middle of the first sort of like lot of production when we were there. Um, I think people are starting to get their hands on those at the moment, but that's such a cool project. 
Um, so, so good what they've done with that. Wicked. That's my sh- that's my word of the day. Wicked. Uh, no one else is wicked. Playing the game far on the Switch. That's my segue. Um, Tell me about that. <clears throat> I haven't heard about that. This is a game I've been hearing great things about. It came out <clears throat> probably when you know closer to the, when the Switch launched. Um, and it's a game called Far. <clears throat> She's me. Uh, it's one of these kind of artistic games, if you want to call it more of an experience than a game. And uh, when it went on sale for just a couple of bucks, I had to pick it up and give it a shot. And I'm having a blast with it. It's really simple. I don't know if you played games like Inside or um, Limbo or, you know, games like that. It's just a, uh, at its essence, a platformer where you go just left to right. There's no words. There's no explanation. The story is just kind of told in your own actions. And it's all kind of black and white. Kind of artsy-fartsy. Yeah, it's kind of artsy-fartsy. Outside of your character who's in this little red hooded thing. And you just kind of walk. And you actually go quite a long distance until you uh, arrive on this kind of weird steampunk steam engine thing. And you're basically the game is you, when you go inside the, the steam engine, you kind of see this half cutaway of the steam engine here. And there's all these little push buttons and pulleys <clears throat> and things. And yeah. you just kind of learn what they do by p- playing with them, pressing on them and stuff, learning how to get the thing moving, what powers it, and so on and so forth. And you're, you just kind of figure out your whole job is just to try to get this thing as far as possible. Um, so you run out of power and you have to f- find ways to get more fuel or you run into brick walls and have to figure out how to use the environment or your steamship to like get past that particular obstacle. It's kind of a puzzle game slash experience. And it's got really cool audio that just kind of um, puts you in the mood. And I'm enjoying it. I'm probably in a couple hours into it, and literally all I've done is jump around and push boxes and push buttons for two hours. <laughs> but it just kind of takes you along, which is really fun. The other one I tried um, is a game card called Par- Card Pocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard of that. So I bought this game because I'd been watching it for a while, and I've heard good things about it. And it's a kind of a simple kids' card playing game, kind of like... Um, what was the card battler game, Eric, on the Neo Geo Pocket? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God, I really like that game, too. What is the name? Um, ah, it's just escaping me right now. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a card. Yeah, I can't remember it either right now, but the card battling game, there's there's two different versions of it, depending on if you're Capcom or SNK. They have characters from each brand. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's a game like that. It's really a kind of a simple card battling game where you get in these card battles with these kids at the school. And it's it called Card them, Fighters Clash. There you go, Card Fighters Clash. Yeah. Um, and this game is normally like 20 bucks, and I think it would drop down to 8 so I bought it. And okay. want to love it, but unfortunately, it's just not quite clicking with me. There's so much story involved, and you're this um, uh, kid. Okay. I, I'm, I think it's a... It's a <laughs> It's either a girl or a boy in a wheelchair, but the way they refer to you, you can't. I can't quite tell. But um, <laughs> it's interesting. But anyway, so and you go to a new school, and it's like all these kind of underlying themes that tell the story. But I just want to play the card battles, and right. um, I'm going to give it a little, uh, probably another shot or two. But it hasn't grabbed me yet. And um, there's other card battling games out, out there that I think are, are better. So at this point, 
I'm gonna give it one thumb up out of two. I'm still trying to learn it, but <laughs> I was excited for it. A little bummed that I spent money, but I would definitely suggest Far, the game Far that I just talked about. Okay. Um, speaking of being far from something, uh, Tim, you went far from your house to a track. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've kind of had a hankering to get back out onto the track and do a bit of racing. Uh, the Formula One's been particularly spicy recently. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Verstappen. <so> yeah. <sighs> moving on. Moving on. There. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been I've been playing a bit of Arzetto Corsa um, on the PlayStation Four. Uh, it's a game I picked up a, a while ago. I've had it on my PlayStation 4. Played it on and off. Haven't really sort of like dug really, really deep into it. Um, but it's quite one of those games that you can go into enormous detail into on the cars. There's numerous settings and, um, you know, you can go completely into changing the whole setup of the car, ride height, suspension, um, absolutely everything in the game. Um, but for me, it's like a kind of a nice pure racer as well. Um, what I like is you've got a, a selection of cars. Um, Cody, you'd like it because there's pretty much every Lotus available in it. Yes. Um, which is really cool. Um, and uh, there's some of the single seaters in there as well. Um, so you can race like Formula Ford and uh, some of the, again, sort of like the Lotus single seaters that they've got in there. Um, but I, I just tend to, tend to use it as a bit of a chill time, you know, just uh, literally just blasting around the track, um, either doing the practice or some of the quick races. Uh, there's also like a time attack on there as well um, and a hot lap. Um, and, and there's just the out and out racing on it as well. Um, I haven't gone really into any of the online stuff on it because that doesn't really fill me with joy because you tend to just get people there that have, you know, yeah. played hours and hours and hours of that game and uh, you just end up getting beat left, right and center and knocked off the track and whatever. So I tend to avoid the online stuff until I get a bit better at the game. Um, and you don't want to hear like a 10 year old <laughs> talking about your mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I avoid it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been playing this. I've really, really been enjoying it. I've been digging into some of the Ferraris as well. Cause they've got like the, the FFF XX, which is like one of yeah. the really sort of like hyper limited customer. You, I think you've got to have bought like five or six Ferraris or something like that to have, to even be considered to buy one of these things. Yeah. In um, real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just absolutely epic car. Um, the graphics look amazing. On it this. is. I, I haven't seen this racing game before. Yeah. So they, yeah. It's, it's, a, really it's absolutely beautiful. It really is a stunning looking game. And a lot of the sim racers play this as well. Um, because like I say, you can really tune this in um and uh dial dial the cars in um i think there's one out there as well called iRacer, um which is another one and they've just released the um mercedes the current mercedes car on that as well the current mercedes formula one car um there's a guy that i follow on youtube called jimmy broadbent um, and he's gone from sim racing through to actual racing he's a mm -hmm. you know now a, a sort of like a 
semi-professional racer as well now um and he during the the first lockdown before when formula one was kind of like meant to be on last uh in 2020 um he was actually invited to take part in some of the virtual formula one races as well so he was doing some of the sim racing in that um so if you guys are even vaguely interested in that it might be worth going and checking out jimmy broadbent he's got some really great content sim racing content on there um but yeah, anyway, that's that's my uh, my uh, bit of game playing for this month. <clears throat> that's a game I've been looking at for a while because it's been out for quite a while. Yeah, it'll it'll regularly go on sale for like fourteen, fifteen bucks. So yeah, I mean, there's, great. There's, there's so much DLC on it as well. So there's so many different packs that you can get with all the different cars and that sort of thing. Uh, but even just the stuff just out of the box, like I say, you know, just for you alone, Cody, you know, just. Get, ragging around some of the lotus stuff is great fun um and i'm sure they'll bring some of the the new ones in as well um like the unpronounceable electric car that they've got coming and the amira i can pronounce the amira yeah um yeah it, uh, it's a it's a one of the uh, one of my favorite things about playing these actual sim racing games is is exactly the race we're watching now where you're just in these kind of like junky low-end cars and it's kind of slow and it really teaches you i mean you have to do your own skill but it basically you're going you know 80 to 120 miles an hour at the top end and just trying to perfect lines and you have all these cars that are bunched up together because no one's taken off too quickly you know yeah and it makes it for the best racing i really enjoy b- yeah, beginning a you're learning Turismo, race car, uh, race craft yeah. and and car control rather than just out and out speed blasting around the track and all that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and when I was younger when I'd play these racing games, I enjoyed it because it was realistic. You weren't going to be able to drive the Ferraris ever. You but you could drive the little, you know, Ford Fiesta. <laughs> The yeah. little sport yep. yep. or whatever. Yeah. It's one thing I really loved about the genre of games where they had the lower end like one of my buddies was a big Volkswagen fan, so they, you know, there was a Corrado in there, and he was like a Volkswagen Corrado, and so like, he, awesome. yeah, yeah, he would go in there and like tweak out the Corrado a ton, and like I was like, yeah, he had it, he had an actual Corrado, and yeah. Yeah. It was just fun to be able to drive a realistic car, the one that we would actually be able to drive. Well, that's that's what I liked about Sega Rally because I had the, yeah. the silly the Celica. <laughs> G- gt4 um yep. and then Zodica. uh later on i got myself i had a for a brief while i had an mx5 as well so that that's really cool um yeah. so i was that you know you're able to actually have some of those more achievable cars but then it's also that's the the part of the, the sim racing that i like is you can actually kind of drive in inverted commas um ferraris and mclarens and all those sort of things that you're never sure. going to get a chance to have a go in but uh Right. Yeah. I'll agree, yep. I'll agree with the name MX5 over the Miata. Yes. The Miata. That works for me. That, that yeah. works for me. Well, the, right. it's, it, it's, it's the U, Unos, was it, or something like that in Japan? Is it the Unos? Oh, I think, yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Uh, real quick side note, I'll try to be quick about this, but my, I had a buddy in college who was a valet, and this was, we went to uh, CSU Monterey Bay, which is where the, you know, the Concorde d'Elegance, or whatever they call it the big car shows and everything happened in, yeah. in uh, America every year. So he's driven all kinds of crazy cars, including the Enzo Ferrari at five miles an hour to park it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still more than I can say, but still. Well, there's, you know? there's a, a very slight claim to fame for me is um, the British uh, magazine TV car program, Top Gear. 
um, when I was on that, um, the episode that they filmed, they had the Ferrari Enzo when it first came out in the yeah, studio. Yeah. Uh, so I got pictures of me standing really goofy looked like next to this <laughs> Ferrari Enzo. It's just amazing. <laughs> no, Beautiful you just, machine. You just made it look sexier. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sexy, Eric, uh, what yes. about this card game? <laughs> yeah, so I, we, I, I talked about this a little bit during uh, last month's shows that I had picked this up and played it a little bit. But I beat the demo because you. This game has a free demo. And this one's is Voice of Cards: The Isle Dragon Roars. This is a Square Enix game. Uh, Square Enix, I guess it's more more the yeah. right pronunciation. Um, it it is a game that everything within the game is is based on cards. So everything, the combat, moving around, uh, all the menus in the game are all card based. It's very interesting game to visually see and play. And I didn't know if I was really going to gel to it too well, but the truth is, is that I had a blast playing this and I got through the demo, which is a good, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes in the demo. Um, I love the game, but the full price is twenty nine ninety nine. And I, I just want to wait and see if the price drops on it. It's one of those games where I... I'm not even sure if I want to play the full, like, like pay the full amount for it. Uh, but it really was fun. So if you guys do get a chance to play the demo, you should. It's very well done, very well polished. And that it's a Square Enix game is, is I don't know why that's so surprising to me. Yeah, it's not something they would kinda, traditionally do, yeah. No, it's not, it's not one su- of their normal ones, is it? No, and it's something that I, I, I kind of commend them for. They're trying to branch out and try something new. Um and I had a blast playing it. And so anything more than that, it's just an RPG kind of game where you're on an adventure, but it's all based on cards and give it yeah. a shot. It looks amazing. Yeah. I did download it. I'm, I'm, oh, you did. I'm going to play the Good. demo. Yeah. Yeah. Play the demo and it doesn't take very long. I just can't wait. If the, as long as the price drops pretty soon, I'll, I'll definitely, this will be a purchase for me and I'm, I'm going to try to play through the whole thing. Very cool. Yeah. I'm going to try to play through the whole uh, game of Sonic Mania, a oh. game I started a while back. In fact, this should be on my list that we talked about last uh, episode, Eric, of games that I plan on finishing. Yeah. So I played this a while, loved it, and just kind of moved away from it. And then my daughter and I wanted to play something, and I pulled it up. I'm like, you know what? Let's try Sonic Mania. And we ended up playing, going, you know, switching off the controller back and forth and playing for a couple hours. And uh, man, this game, it really is brilliant. Uh, it's a modern take on a 2d sonic game i mean it's very much it looks like a 2d sonic game it is a 2d sonic game like from the genesis area era but it was actually made by fans of sonic games in the past and basically sega unlike nintendo is like you know what you guys you know know what the original games are that are so great and what's good about them um you guys take the reins and design a game and they did and it's brilliant it's the best sonic game probably in my opinion probably ever um in fact, and I have this game. I downloaded it, and I like you. I played it a bit, and then like I just had to move on to other stuff. Well, you don't like Sonic either. <laughs> well, it's just a little fan. It's a little fan. I don't say I, I don't. I don't hate Sonic. I never said you hated it. <laughs> I never said I hated Galaga, Doug. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because actually we're looking at a part right now. We're in the middle of the Sonic game. They're playing. Uh, uh, 
Puyo, Dr. Robotnik's kinda... uh, Mean yeah. Bean Machine, which is Puyo Puyo, but they released a full Sonic game based on it. Yeah. Um, it's totally well done, innovative, fun. It gets rid of all the things that Eric probably hates about Sonic. Um, yeah. A lot of the you know time limits and levels where you want to go fast and you just stop and it kind of brings you to a halt. Um, and it throws all kinds of cool, innovative things that feel intuitive like an old sonic game but new like you haven't seen it before but you know how to use it so it's just super comfortable and i mean incredibly well done if you like sonic at all this is the best sonic game if anyone for some reason skipped this and is a sonic fan you can't it's so good yeah that is all it looks good it's not one i've um i've actually really sort of like thought about seriously um i i saw it when it came out and it's like yeah another sonic game kind of been done but i i guess it's different in the fact that it's not a, a first party release in terms of they, they've done it in-house it's all um different stuff cobbled together from um from people's ideas and all that sort of thing so yeah it might be worth a look yeah it was it's kind of refreshing that a company would do that like just take a fan-made kind of style games and then put their slap their name on there and give them credit for it uh, you, you you would never see Nintendo do something like that. Exactly. <laughs> and it turned out so well. So anyways, yeah. I'll leave it at that. <clears throat> right on. Cool. So um, next up, I've been uh, revisiting my uh, RetroPie setup. Um, and I've been playing a few games on there. I've, I've <laughs> got the, the main side of things working. So I played a few arcade games, contrary to our game show. Um <laughs> and uh one one game that i'd never really played and i know eric had mentioned it quite a few times um that you had a lot of fun with it and that's food fight um yeah and uh yeah it's actually a really good game i it's It's a really good game yeah 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 it's it's kind of a bit bizarre um (laughs) yeah the way that in the real world yeah yeah um so that you go around um uh, you, you but essentially you've just got to get from one side of the screen to the other so it's a simple concept and then eat the ice cream cone before it melts um and there's that weird animation when he eats the ice cream cone <laughs> yeah. it's very bizarre his whole head opens up yep. <laughs> he really wants that cone <laughs> um and then uh along the way you've got um some chefs that are, are chasing you that come out of holes in the ground um and those holes in the ground open up so they stay open so you can actually fall through those holes as i found out um and part of your defense is that you pick up food as you go through and you throw it at the chefs um and take the chefs out but they can also throw things at you um and yeah. uh, some of as you go through the later levels their their sh- their aim becomes better um and uh, yeah it, it's it, you you struggle to get through sort of i i got through the first six or seven levels relatively easy and then it starts to ramp up a bit faster so i don't know what what's your guys experience on this how how far have you got into the game well i know i mean i i went through a through a spell with this because when i went through my atari 7800 spell like i i i actually have this on cartridge and i wanted to get the high score on it and i played it over and over again i got pretty far i mean i i think i got i i don't remember but i i think i got to level 15 or 16 nice and 
Um, one thing like the holes that the chefs come out of, what I love to do is they follow this algorithm, how, uh, how they follow you. Yeah. And you can kind of guide them to fall into the holes themselves. Yes. Yeah. So one thing I'd love mm-hmm. to do is throw food at them, but also kind of move my guy so that I would nudge them into the holes so they would fall through. Yeah. Um, this is a great high score game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love this game. And I, I, I still load it up every now and then and just try to play and try to get the highest score I can. Yes. It's you a good, play, good you, fun. You've played this, haven't you, Cody? You know, I've played this multiple times knowing that it's considered one of the best, if not the best 7800 game. And yeah. the sparse graphics, the bizarreness <laughs> of it, I have not been able to click with this to understand why yet. But hmm. watching, kind of watching it play and watch, hearing you guys talk about it, I can see how it gets there. It's, it's, it it actually falls into what I always talk about, which is gameplay over graphics. So yeah. I need to I need to um I need to you know, whatever you call it. I need to put my money where my mouth is and look past the fact that it's a stark black background with a bunch of things of completely incorrect proportions. The chefs yeah. are smaller than your main character's head. Yeah. Um, and the fact that your head grows four times the size. Say, nice. most, most things are smaller <laughs> than his head in this game. <laughs> <laughs> the entire chef is smaller than his head. But um, I could see myself getting into it. Yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to revisit it for like a fifth time and actually dig into it. It's fun. I think it's one of those, like, like Eric says, it's like a pick up and play game, isn't it? You can just literally spend a few minutes on it or actually try mm-hmm. and get some high scores out of it. But just one of those fun little games, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Um, this isn't really gaming related, so I'll be quick about it. But somebody on YouTube talked about this um, guide here called Getting Started in Electronics. Uh, produced by Radio Shack and starting in 1983, and they produced it up until like 2002. Have you guys heard of this book? No, no, no. I haven't never. I've never seen it. So it looks very boring on the outside, right? And yeah. there's no reason I'd be any interested in it at all. I mean, obviously, I like electronics, and I'm trying to learn more about them and, and things. Mm-hmm. But um, I need to show you guys the inside of this book, and this is what did it for me. Uh, let me see if I can find some. Here you go. This is literally what the inside of the book looks like. The entire book. So uh, it's like, so it looks like a textbook. Someone's written a textbook. So in, in what they've done in, in lessons in class. Yeah. Like they took notes. It's so it's, 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 and I don't know if he actually did this or if he did it originally and they just kept recreating it to make it look like this, but the entire book front to back, except for the cover is done like hand drawn on lined paper with the, like the three ring binder holes in it. Yeah. And the the images are drawn there just sketched in there and the explanation everything is super rudimentary and simple with pictures like when it says here's a circuit it shows a picture of a light bulb with like a happy face on it. Like it's just the way it's drawn is so um you feel like you're reading one person's notes to you. Yeah. To teach you, you know, rather than a boring textbook with just black and white writing. Even though it's black and white, it's just hand-drawn i mean i'm trying to find more pictures of it here but yeah it's like somebody doodled in in high school but in a way that you're only going to learn from it <laughs> it's super cool that is cool so anyways, it does look I, really good yeah they, they usually go for i don't know, they can go for anywhere from six to forty dollars online depending who you buy it from so so what's the title of that one again it's called getting started uh, getting started in electronics that's it by so a guy what, what, named what? mims so you get that, was it Amazon, wasn't it? You can get that one off of? 
I bought on eBay used. eBay. All right. Yeah, okay. For like six bucks. Cool. Worth it. Very cool. So another one, another Eric-inspired game. Thank you, Eric. Yay! <laughs> uh, last month you mentioned um, the Flame in the Flood uh, yes. on the Switch. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna partake in this one because I thought it would be uh, yep. one of those games that I can sort of like play over the time that I've got yeah. off on the holiday season. Um, so I picked it up the other day. I've had a, a quick sort of like half an hour, 40 minutes on it, just trying to get used to the, the game mechanic and how it actually looks and feels. Um, and it's really unique, isn't it? It's, it's very unique. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, even sort of like the, uh, the, the kind of like the, the feel of the game is, it's kind of a bit dark. <laughs> very i would say very, i would say like i would say very dark because i mean it does have a bit cartoony kind of graphics but it it really is kind of a dark kind of um themed game i guess yeah to put a yeah and, yeah. and Danica was with me when I downloaded it and I kind of like checked the rating. It's got like a 16 rating. And I said, look, I said, yeah. I'm going to have to play this first before I even think of letting you see this game. <laughs> yeah. And, and within the first five minutes of playing the game, you know, you've got like the two different styles of play mode in the game. Yeah. Um, so you've got uh, the mission based uh, the campaigns and then yep. you've got like a, a never ending survival. Um, right. And this, this is pretty much what this is all about, isn't it? It's kind of like, um, it's a, it's a survival game. So you've got a, um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, it's beautiful graphics, um, in the game. Um, you start off as this character called scout. I think he's called, isn't he? Yep. Um, and, uh, he has a, a dog with him as well. Who's a yep. very helpful character in, in the game as it turns out. Um, and you start off in, in one area, uh, you've got to collect, um, uh, items that you see around. So like you can collect, um, uh, acorns and, uh, dandelions and other bits and pieces. So essentially yep. what you've got to do is you've got to try and keep yourself, um, in good health, uh, hydrated and fed that's the that's the main things of the game um and he's got to go around uh finding uh all the all the different elements that he can do so uh even like the water so you've got like um you get a a, a jar and you can fill that up with water and when you fill it up you've either got poisoned water um or you've got um clean water so if you drink your um the infected water you pick up bugs along the way um which obviously impact on your health um and yep. uh, as you as you go through the game you sort of like part of the element of the game is that you sleep in the game as well so you've got to rest but then as you rest then that takes your hydration level down so then you've then got to make sure that you've got enough water to drink and um eventually you know as i found within the first five minutes on the on the open-ended survival i just literally just expired straight away because i just couldn't work out exactly how to how to get everything going um, yeah it's not an easy game i mean and and then they say that it's like a it's kind of a roguelike in that manner you're gonna die a bunch of times yeah but every time you come back, you learn a little something more about the game, about what 
craft things you need to craft and you can do upgrades to your raft because in between each level is what I call them. Like the levels you, you go down this river in a raft and you can upgrade the raft and you can do all this other stuff. Um, but it is a dark game and it is a hard game. I mean, it is it, it, because you're trying to survive. Yeah. And I think that was the point of the game. It's not m- meant to be like brutally hard. Uh, it's just meant to Fail show forward. you that survival mm-hmm. is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. The, t- the tedium of life, the game. Exactly. <laughs> All the things that you just do to keep alive and made a game out of it. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing I, 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 I kind of in, in a dark sense, I guess, is I like is when your character does expire in the game and you then go yeah. to start another game, the dog drags the backpack from your dead body. <laughs> over through like a little cut scene and then dumps the bag to your to your newly spawned character and you take that bag (laughs) and off you go again hey now hey now you try (laughs) (laughs) and one big thing about the game is uh it 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 is a game of inventory management because it took me a while to learn that if you move certain items from your inventory to your dog's inventory those will exist in your next game Oh right, but I hadn't, you, I hadn't, if, hadn't got that far in yet. So okay, yeah. right, yeah, cool. And I, and I, and it's been a little bit of a couple of weeks since I've played. A few weeks actually. I think you can. Your raft has an inventory too. So oh, right. I think okay. if you move stuff to your raft, you can. I think that might survive. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I mean, I know that you need to get stuff off of your body that you may want to keep after you perish because it will come back to you. It's probably your backpack, but or your dog's inventory. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fun, it's an interesting game for sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. I downloaded it. I'm gonna try it. Good stuff. So the only thing I wanted to add is a little note to our Patreon people. That I'm still working on getting them involved in some segments. I'm gonna try to do that next month. <clears throat> um, Cody and I did do a little testing of the equipment, which Tim, I'm probably gonna bug you in a few days to like yeah. help me test more stuff. Let's do it. I f- I failed in my tests miserably. Um, I got everything working, but I couldn't hear Cody very well. So that's a big no-no because I need to be able to hear everybody else in the conversation. It's hilarious, though, because Eric just got louder and louder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my signal was great, and and all my sound effects were working great. Everything was working, but Cody, I couldn't hear through the mixer. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't didn't sound right. So I still need to do a bunch of experimenting, but I am getting closer and closer to making that a reality, and so... I'm hoping to do that uh, for that. I, I'll be able to append so, to some of our January shows for sure. A reality cool. almost almost as real as all these electron pickups that Tim got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that? It's, well, it's been a been a BBC month this month. <laughs> I know I got some last month, but there was there was just a few bargains that I just couldn't refuse. Um, so there's a. Hang on a sec. So I'll just bring these over it so I'm not away from the microphone. Wouldn't be um, an episode of Pixel Guidance without Tim walking off somewhere to grab something <laughs> and come back. So. Uh, I, I did that earlier. Um, so there's a particular um, uh, sort of like software label um, uh, called Program Power. Um, and they have very distinctive box artwork on their games. Um, and they do tape and they do disc games, but mostly um, th- th- I've got, I picked up a bunch of electron games so these are really kind of like distinctive looking um tape games 
Um, so uh, this one is, uh, again, another inventive in, in title called Adventure. And it's <laughs> an adventure. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Um, Electron Invaders. So you can see the, uh, yep, uh, the theme. It's, it's di- difficult for the listeners, I know. But to yeah. try to describe it, how, how, would, how would you describe the, the packaging on this? It's, it's just kind of super simple, blocky bright yeah, like colors a, yeah almost like you know remember those uh childhood books you'd get like the like i ah, got it's, it's hard for me to explain but like yeah. i remember i choose get, your own adventure these, almost almost like so, a choose your own adventure looking style graphics on the front yeah yeah, yeah. just like one uh, hand-drawn picture and a small box in the center and then the rest is just kind of yeah yeah simple so so, like I, I primary colors I got a bunch of these. Um, there's a couple of sort of like relatively well-known ones. Jet Power Jack, that's quite a well-known one on the Electron. And that is a super hard game. I mean, I hmm. literally, even just getting off the first platform on this is just so difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of um, Felix-style games, and this is Felix and the Fruit Monsters. Um, we've got Escape from Moonbase Alpha. Um, and a couple of uh, arcade clones. So we've got Croker. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard That's the arcade version of that earlier. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Ghouls, which is obviously it's a it's like a nope. Pac-Man style style oh, okay. game. Um, so I picked up a few of those. So I've got so they they look really nice in the collection. So when you kind of got those on the on the shelf, as it were, they they look really nice. Yeah, that's cool. Sort. Yeah, that, that's yeah. A cool. Um, so there's a couple of other bits. Um, I picked up an, another bunch of stuff. So I've got some BBC stuff. This is uh, BBC Micro User, which was a magazine um, in the UK, and they did some cover tapes. And these things oh, are wow. like, kind of really scary, basic artwork on the front. Of, like, that yeah. King Kong one is like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's King Kong and Airstrike. There's a, a couple of um, board games and card games, nine classic yeah. board games. <laughs> um, and then this one, which is a really nice um, uh, driving game on the Electron, which is called Overdrive. I don't know if you guys have played that one. That's also on the BBC as well. So that might be one might be worth trying. Take a look. A bit, like, a bit like pole position, that sort of thing. Does, does it also have all the lotuses? No, I'm not sure doesn't even have a low tie (laughs) (laughs) it has blocky car one and blocky car two yeah (laughs) um this is a an acorn soft one and one i hadn't seen myself actually before it's a game called canyon um i've not even played that one um but it's kind of different to the to the normal acorn soft because it's kind of like got a color artwork on the front um so it's in their usual sort of like cardboard style black box so that's their that's their normal one. So where you've got like planetoid and like one I sent to you, um, starship yeah. command, starship command. Yeah. Um, so black yeah, background, got, simple. Yeah. Um, just a couple of others, quick ones. Um, uh, flight simulator, seven, three, seven flight simulator. And one I'd not heard of, and this is a micro power game, uh, called Starfleet encounter. Looks cool. Oh. Um, so it looks a bit like, um, bit similar to the to the uh the starship game that we just mentioned um so you might yeah, want to starship check that command. One out yeah, yeah starship command and the holy grail uh-oh uh-oh 
Elite. Oh, Elite. Elite on disc. On the original system <laughs> wow. too, right? Yeah. And this 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 is this was an absolute bargain because I got this thrown in with all the other games and I think it was around about twenty five pound. Um and this normally just elite by itself goes for around about fifty to seventy pounds. Um so that's why I bought that lot. Yeah, so nice. the, the, all the other games were kind of like bonus and this is this is what I want. Um so this has got uh, because it's the later release of Elite um, from Superior Software rather than Acorn Soft. Um, so this has got the the basic version of Elite, but it's also got the BBC Master Enhanced, which is the the big BBC the big wedge BBC. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's also got um, an, another enhanced version, which is for the second six five zero two processor. So that was another box that you bought and you. Uh, slotted on the side of your bbc micro um which gave you another 6502 processor so they wrote a few games dedicated for that and elite was one of them which obviously made it run faster so that's got all the different versions on that one disc um whereas opposed to the original release was just obviously just the one for the bbcb um so that's a nice one to have in the collection so cool. that's, Congrats. that's, that's cool. stuff I think I think nice. I'm probably going to take a break from BBC stuff for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> last that one, Eric. Really cool. Yeah, so this last one is, and we talked about this in the last episode a little bit, that Loop Hero is available now on Nintendo Switch for $14.99. Uh, Tim, if you remember, Loop Hero was a game that I was super addicted to for a couple of weeks, yeah. and I loved the game. It was amazing. But it's a game that uses the keyboard a lot, so I was kind of worried about what it was going to be like on the Switch. I knew it was coming to Switch, but it is now released. So I went ahead and bought it uh, because I thought it would be cool to have it on a mobile platform. And they actually got it right. I, a lot of the controls are very easy. They use the triggers a lot to do certain actions in there. Uh, loop Hero is a game where you basically are going around in a loop and you get cards when you beat an enemy uh, combat is automatic in this game. You don't get to swing a sword or anything. It's just automatic. But when you kill an enemy, you get cards and they could be terrain cards or they can be weapon or armor cards. And then you play those cards to enhance your character. And then he keeps going in the loop. Yep. And he based there. There's a story in the whole, there's a story in the game about um, how, everyone's memories in the world are gone and your hero is trying to go around in this loop over and over again and regain all the memories of this world. And uh, so it's got a neat little story to it, but it, it is very, very retro themed. It's very pixel kind of game. Yeah. But man, I, I, there's something about this game. I love it's a relaxing game. It's something that you could spend some time doing. It's something you can, do research if you're into this kind of thing you can do research on this game to figure out how to optimize your loops better and better for higher and higher scores um it's so now it's available on switch so if you have been putting it off um it's been on steam for a long time but now it's on switch so if you get it let, let us know how you like the game i love this game i like i said i was i was there was two weeks of my life that I completely lost. And even when I wasn't playing the game, I was researching it, like looking up yeah. YouTube videos and, and peep discords about it and people talking about it. And I talked about it so much on Twitter, a bunch of people bought it based on my recommendation and they got addicted to it. And we were all talking about it. 
So it, it's a fun. It's one. It's one of those really cool games that, that's pretty rare that comes along once in a while that you really get into. Yeah, I, I did pick it out because I think it was was it a Steam game? Was it? It was a Steam yeah, game. Yeah. PC and yeah, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. So good stuff. Available for Switch now. All right, guys. I think we are sufficiently caught up. Yeah. I think we have a quick little battle of the systems to hop into right awesome. before we talk about our uh, end of the year wrap up. So without further oh, ado. Yeah. Battle of the Systems. <laughs> All right, so our uh, battle <laughs> this month, I almost said six good games. To get. I don't know why I do that every time. It's not that hard. Six good battle games. Six, <laughs> six good games divided by three. Two battles going on right now. Uh, Tim, you picked this one out. So you, describe why you picked these two particular games. Yeah. Well, I said... I'm going to do it this month, and I was looking around, and I spent ages trying to find some different games and all that sort of stuff. And then I remembered um, that obviously there's this kind of like uh, different style artwork game based on standard character sets in your computers. So um, I was looking around, and there's this one particular one I mentioned. Uh, I remembered which was these big chunky sprites uh, or big chunky characters in the game and i think it's um monstro gigantico i think it was on the commodore 64 monstro giganto i believe yeah, yeah. that's it yeah. yeah um but that's not one of the games but it, it was just that that artwork that style the pet ascii style of um of game um and then so i looked around because i don't i don't think I'm not sure whether that's available um, as a as a as a download because I think it's a cartridge only game that particular one. Um, so uh, it, I was is, of, it is available. It is, I believe, uh, $7.99 if you want to digitally download that game. Right oh, now. right. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, it looks great. I have not tried that one yet. But okay. So anyway, to get on to what what we're covering this month, um, we're, we're going to cover um, Digi Lolly. Is it? <laughs> Digioli? Digioli, I believe. Digioli, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Digioli on the Commodore 64. So that is a pet ASCII uh, run and gun style game. And one which has been sort of like around for a while. Um, and it's on the ZX Spectrum and it's called Lumaski by Bob Stuff, which is um, a shoot 'em up. Now, these are two kind of like different style genres of games. So you've got like a run and gun, traditional run and gun style of game, and a um, side scrolling shooter. But for me, it's more about the aesthetic and the feel of these games in terms of how they've really used the character set, the basic character set in the system to generate such addictive and great games. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about these games, but um, I absolutely loved both of these games pretty much for... Yes, they're good games, but the, the the technical side of things and the aesthetic of how these games look really, really took me. Um, and that's part of the reason why I chose them. Um, so which one do you want to go for first, guys? Do you want to go Lumaski or Dijoli? Dijoli. <laughs> I, can't, I can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> I got I got uh, Lumaski up right now. So I'll, okay. I'll start there. You want, to do, you want to start there with Lumaski? Okay. Yep. 
Um, so do you want to do you want to take this, Eric? I, I, I know you've got you had some notes on your um, little note taker device there. I don't know if you want to go with this one to introduce it. Um, I mean, do you have any like uh, information I've, I've, about it? I've got the basics. I mean, there's not a huge amount of stuff out there. So this yeah. just just go, uh, okay. So uh, this is a homebrew. Um, this yeah. was released in 2012 uh, by Bob Stuff. Um, okay. The guy that's written it's called Bob Smith. Um, so it is, as I said, it's a side scrolling, uh, shoot 'em up on the ZX spectrum. It's a 48 K game. So you don't need 128 K or anything like that for it. It uses the basic ASCII t- character set for the in-game visuals. Um, it's, it's hard to describe unless you've actually seen it, but it's, it's a color fest on the ZX Spectrum. Um, it's, it's lovely and colorful. It's such a creative use of the ASCII character set to create a game, let alone a shoot 'em up of this kind of quality. Um, I think it's, uh, again, uh, foreshadowing a bit, I guess. I just think this is a fantastic game. Um, there's not a lot of sound effects to it. There's no thumping music in the background or anything like that. It's mostly spot effects, which are quite um, effective in the game. Um, but you are a character called Chi-Chi Skyrocket. Now, her quest is to keep the multiverse safe from invaders, taking taking the fight to the stars in the under in the stars underwater and inside the machine uh shoot and dodge your way through each level the background structures are not dangerous to chi chi's jetpack which is good and also in my my view essential um so you can safely be bumped into um to aid her progress at the top of the screen uh, you've got the HUD, which shows the current score, number of lives, and most importantly, the amount of shields and your score. Uh, once all shields have been de- depleted, a life will be lost. At the end of each level, there's a boss fight, and the amount of health each boss has is shown on the HUD at the top when you enter the boss battle. Controls are simple, uh, up, down, left, right, and fire. It can, can be controlled uh, by keys, which can, is redefinable as as quintessentially it normally is on Spectrum. Um, you can use the Kempston joystick interface, Protec cursor, and Sinclair interface, which is um, built into the, like the plus two, the plus three, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah that's that's kind of like the introduction to the game i've said a bit about it so do you guys want to take something on this sure um the graphics are i was very surprised at the detail on the on the graphics yes it is ascii characters but when the character moves around you'll see a little thrust behind them or in front of them like it's like it adds to the movement of the character quite a bit this game just smacks of polish like in the menu in the beginning do you notice when you select like kempston like the menu changes like like it it, for a game that is supposed to be rudimentary and basic using only the ascii key set yeah even the menu has polish to it i mean Mm -hmm. it, it is amazing when the little like crabs move down at the bottom all the little like legs and 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 clamps move this boss fight that is showing on the screen right now that we're seeing, it is it, it, it's such a delight. I mean, it's it's so interesting in the uh, pattern forms with the way the worm moves or the dragon or whatever it's supposed to be. 
Um, this game exceeds like what you would think a very basic ASCII style game should be. I had a blast playing this. The only thing is, like you said, the sound, it's lacking in a lot of sound. Um, giving away a little bit about the next game. The next game does have music that plays during the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, and, and I, I have to contrast this with the other game, even though we haven't talked about it yet. This game, there's there's space to move around. Yep. It's you're playing a game. You can move left, right, up, down. There's space, and yeah, it, the 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 passages you move in might be constricting or constrictive. I guess is the, is the right term. But you can move around. The other game, your character is so large on the screen. There's not there's not there's not a lot of options to move around. So this game has more freedom of movement. Um, just very polished. What do you what do you think, Cody? I think you nailed a lot of this stuff. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer to pull up, point out negatives, but at this point, you guys have put so much praise on it. I have to, I have to be point out some of the honest things, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I agree with you that the way they use the ASCII characters to make the graphics is awesome. I noticed all those little kind of bits of polish you're talking about graphically. Um, one place where I'll disagree with you in a positive way is I actually love that this uses those corny little. Uh, ZX Spectrum beeps and boops, beeps and boops. It's it's these little yeah. tiny little like knocks and ticks and these little noises that individually are nothing, but they're constant in a way that just uh, uh, you have to hear it. I mean, there's only, you can only have, you have to hear it to understand what I'm talking about. That. Do you know what is also in there? Sorry to interrupt you. Is uh, there's this constant like tick in the background as you go as the, it kind of like goes with the screen scrolling doesn't it as it updates each each sort of like bit on the screen it gives you that little tick helps and you with that's timing. the rhythm of the game yeah for me because as as it speeds up that tick in the background dit 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 sort of like and so you know that you you're going up tempo immediately don't you um and it, it just kind of like i don't know it's just that, that like eric said it's it's the polish in this game the the way that when you've got the characters that come on the screen and um they've got like you know like o's for eyes or something like that and when you kill them they turn into x's <laughs> yeah it's just those those little details sorry yep carry on cody yep. <laughs> no, I, I agree with all that now here's my two counterpoints yep first and foremost um one of them i think is the gameplay which is enjoyable. I do like it, but this is a very good example right here. So you have this huge amount of shields, mm-hmm. and as you play, the shields deplete as you hit things. Mm-hmm. I prefer a game, and maybe it's a preference, maybe it's a game design issue, I don't know, but I want a game that can be skillfully beat. Um, this right here shows you a portion that even this person who's doing a full playthrough, you're getting hit constantly. Yeah, like, there's no way to avoid being hit. There's yeah. no way to avoid. Yeah. So he's choosing to take damage in one area because maybe it's less than another area, but you're getting exactly. hit. Yeah. That drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like That's one thing I did notice about this game. You're right. So I think some of the level design and game design is a bit lacking in that where you're kind of choosing the path of, of least resistance or the lesser of multiple evils. This boss right here. But, I mean, I played it, it multiple but times. Would you- but would you not class this as like as a bullet hell type of game where you've you, you've got to in uh, this is my personal view is like a <clears> bullet <throat> hell type of game that you've got to take the path of least resistance. You've got to know the patterns and you've got to understand 
where you're you, sometimes you've got to take a hit, haven't you? You've got to take one for the team. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I see it as that type of game. I see what you're getting at, but yeah, true bullet hell is a one kit kill still. Right. Okay. Um, fine. But I don't know, but maybe that's just, you know, we have different mindsets and that's fine. But for me, that's a negative. Um, but like I love this level too. You got the the tombstones and the hangman and like the spiders coming down spiders, with the, yep. <laughs> so many parts that are super clever. Um, but I remember there's a part in this level that did the same thing where it's just like there's no way to get through without just taking damage. That kills yep. it a, a part of it for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will say is again aesthetically, you did say it's a color fest. Well, I would be devil's advocate and say it's still eighty percent of the screen is black. <laughs> I mean, the things that have color are, are multiple different colors, but it's still primarily a black screen, um, which is fine. It's it's. I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, and this, uh, this boss, boss right here cool. is very clever. It's like a morphing. It's it's a, uh, lots of different boxes that come out at you, and you've got the the alien <laughs> in the center that you've got to kill. It's very gradius that you can, yeah. you shoot the core right. Yeah, shoot the core. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. So anyways, those are just two of the minor things I have against it, which aren't uh, a whole lot because it's absolutely a great game. Yeah. Yep. I, mean, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said, Cody. I mean, those are the, the quibbles about it, right? Yep. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I, I guess it is, it's the things that make the game, isn't it? You know, um, sure. it's it's just one one of those games where I think it's just thoroughly unique. Um, and and very much a spectrum game so maybe that's why yeah. i kind of like maybe warm to it a little bit more in that respect um because it's it's got that that spectrum characteristic to it and you know like like say with the sound effects and and just the although it's it, like you say there's that black black background and all that sort of stuff there's lots of different colors in the game um for and the mm-hmm. characters are multicolored, whereas they're not you know just like one color sprite or something along yeah. those lines and like it like in a lot of spectrum stuff obviously they're just what that one color um because you've then got the color clash element because you're using the ascii characters on this you can uh, you know open up the color palette because you haven't got that color clash because you're using the actual characters that just display on the screen and you've not got the the, the, mm-hmm. the, the clashing of character blocks um but yeah i agree, I agree with all that here's another quick example this boss as cool as it is the way it's designed this guy is doing a walkthrough which he's clearly played this a bunch mm-hmm. it's been three minutes of him fighting this boss just trying to get one hit in every once in a while yeah like yeah, yeah. it's too much <laughs> it's like so the actual gameplay itself which kind of like food fight is all gameplay and very little graphics this is i would say very much game or very much graphics and I wouldn't say very little, but I would say, you know, it's just not amazing gameplay. It's good gameplay. Right. But yep. I love it. I love yep. it for what it is still. Yep. Yeah, it's great. What's our rating scale going to be on these um, text-based? Yeah. I guess they're not text-based there. Well, some of them are. Yeah, they're they're all Petsky or ASCII. I, I would say uh, maybe let's do it out of um, 10,000 asterisks. asterisks. <laughs> okay, I like it. <laughs> Go for it, 10, Tim. 10,000 asterisks. I can tell Tim's going to set the high bar for us. So 10,000 10, asterisks. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 9,100. What about you, Cody? Come on. Again, you know how I rate things as a game, not as an experiment. Yeah. So... Um, I also do want to give credit, as even though uh, Tim already said it, the fact that 
you don't die when you touch landscape i love that yeah. that's a great gameplay decision in my opinion yeah especially in a game like this where there's not a ton of real estate yeah yep again as a game purely which is how i have to go i'm gonna give it i mean i'll probably be back and play it so i'll get a little higher than i initially want to i'll get it uh, i'll give it an 83 uh, 80, what is that 8300 is that yeah 8300 we can say that <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, what did you give it, Tim? 9,100. 9, I think I'm going to give it a 8,900. 8,900. Is that not something you say over there, Tim? The hundreds? I'm trying to... I'm, I would my, say 9,100 and 8,300. Not, not 9,100, 8, huh? No. Okay. It's either or over here. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. We got our scores. Cool. Tim, uh, you probably have some information on, and I'm going to say this right now. Are you ready? You ready, <laughs> Cody? I'm going to pronounce this correct because in the last episode, I couldn't pronounce this at all. It's Digiloy. Digiloy. That's Ooh, it. Ooh, that's it. Digiloy. There you go. We all Digiloy. got it wrong. I, I, I took a close examination. It is Digiloy. Digiloy. I like Digiloy. Or Digioli, which is what you want to say. Yeah. Digioli. Spelling it out, it's D I G I L O I, in case anyone's looking it up. Yeah. Digiloy. Tell us about Digiloy. Okay, Tim. so again, just some of the basics on this one. Um, so Digiloy is by Dr. Terrors, um, 2017. Uh, this was released in 2018. So the, the programmer's name is Tiro Heikkonen. Um, it is a colorful run-and-gun game for the Commodore 64 that uses Petaski basic character set to generate the in-game graphics rather than sprites. Um, this allows a big character um, in game graphics um, moved around the screen. It runs at very good speeds um, as long as it doesn't involve screen scrolling, because that's one thing you can't really do with the pet ASCII stuff. So you've got to, um, you can move the characters left and right on the screen, but you don't want to start then start scrolling the backgrounds and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, so it's a flip screen run and gun game. Um, as far as I can see, generally, there's not a lot of information. There's not a lot of backstory on this game that I could find anyway, even on the development page. But essentially, it's kind of like a, a space run and gun. You've got a big um, space character. He's got a massive, great big gun that you can uh, <laughs> shoot and uh, kill the, uh, the the fellow protagonists in the game. Um, you run through the levels. Uh, you can collect uh, extra power for your uh, for your person or your suit or your protection, your shield, whatever you want to call it. Um, you take single hits um, from people that fire. Um, you've got uh, boxes that you can collect um, power-ups from along the way. They don't. I don't think there are any weapon power-ups in this game. Nope. Um, and it's just literally just, um, you know, uh, extending your shields, as it were. Um uh, you have to collect keys as you go along the way, which are like, um, they look a bit like the doom keys. I uh, don't they? It's, it's that sort of thing, yeah, not yeah. a traditional okay. key credit card um, with the corner cut off. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you uh, get to a certain place in the level. Um, you use that key to open up, um, one section of the, uh, of the, code room i guess you could call it um i haven't i didn't complete this game all the way through i got through to the uh, probably the uh, fourth or fifth part i can't remember what it was now um but 
essentially this is using the pet ascii character set it's extremely clever how this generates the characters uh, all the scenery and background and the main character um from the game um and yeah it's it's again it's for a commodore 64 game obviously you know a lot of people complain about the color set and uh, the color palette in the game but this obviously looks really uh, nice and colorful um yeah and I, you know it's it's an enjoyable run and gun game um and it's very cleverly put together uh what do you guys think do you want to go first code sure come on um, coaster so yeah everything's big and chunky and there's music and there's sound effects and it's viscerally exciting for a commodore 64 game it's not it's not like any other commodore 64 game i've ever seen and just instantly is exciting just looking at it uh the gameplay is thinner than you might think originally um there's usually two or three enemies that pop on the screen you kind of learn how to shoot them it's a flip screen kind of a thing and yeah you end up going through the whole game kind of to get a key and unlock one door and then you kind of have to go backtrack to go through the same levels to get another key to go backtrack again to the end of the level to unlock another door and you do it one more time to unlock the third door that makes it a metroidvania bro (laughs) except you don't get any other upgrades to access anything new you just kind of retraverse the level but it just felt good um there are like like uh, i think tim mentioned um little canisters with extra health in there yep. so i usually tried to keep myself healthy the first run through and then when i came back if i lost one or two then i'd grab them um and i wasn't quite able to finish this game i got to the very last key and almost almost beat the game um but that when once you get that last key the enemy count goes up substantially yeah um <clears throat> so not a terribly hard game um but what I was going to say about it, which is now escaping me, what was I going to say about it, Eric? I had something important I was going to say hmm. about it. So, it's colorful. It's pretty. Obviously, they're both impressive for what they do. Um, yeah. There's a lot less black on the screen if we're going to be if we're going to do a direct comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's just part of the that's part of the way the graphics work. That I yeah. mean, you can't. Yeah. Definitely a lot more detailed. A lot more going on on the screen. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot more going on. Um, well, everything I, is so much bigger that it feels like a yeah. lot more is going on. <laughs> yeah. In fact, your your guy to as a comparison, your guy is almost half of the height of the screen. I mean, yeah. he jumps and he's like on the second half of the screen, pretty much, or maybe it's a third or whatever. But one thing I constantly felt like I wanted in this game was the ability to shoot up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to shoot up, but you can only shoot left and right. Yeah, uh, you haven't, you haven't and, played very much Mega Man. This felt right at home for me. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I kept thinking, man, I, if you could just shoot up, this would be this would be, be quite a bit better. But I understand that there are limitations. This game is beautiful. I mean, I, I love the colors. I love the thing. When I was a kid and I had my Commodore sixty four, I would make screens of Petsky because. If you look on the if you look on the keyboard of Commodore sixty four, all the Petsky characters are on there. Yeah, it, they're they're printed on the bottom of the key, like on the on the side of the key in the front. And so you can literally just hit the shift control combination and just pop a Petsky character right on the screen. And so if you brought up like one of the editors, you could just go and create screens just like this using characters and use another shift character to change the color and. 
So this kind of screen, you could do this kind of art on the Petski all day long. And I did when I was a kid. So seeing something like this where it's all animated and stuff is, is pretty exciting. Um, the, the the animations and things like that are pretty amazing for Petsky. I mean, the game runs very smoothly. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, there's no real chugging or slowdowns in the game. Um, it's pretty impressive. It is. It's it's very very good graphically. Um, like you say, the way the way that they've put everything together on this and to make the pet ASCII move like it does and. Um, yeah, the backgrounds are really impressive. I love the art style in it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's very nice looking game R- runs smoothly. Uh, the lovely music in the background and some spot effects in there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's really and it be, nice. And it can be beaten about eight minutes and 17 seconds as we just saw yeah. while we were talking about it. The guy, <laughs> the YouTuber beat the game. So yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and give this our score out of 10,000 asterisks okay let's start with tim again let's go in the same order i'm very curious okay uh i'm gonna give i like this game um but for me personally lumaski just nudges it so i'm gonna give this eight thousand seven hundred i think i'm gonna give it the same that's what i had written down eight thousand seven hundred i do like it i think it has its merits i think it has things better than lumaski but as far as gameplay, I like I like Lumaski a little better. Yeah, interesting. So I, um, again, for me, uh, gameplay speaks volumes. And although this is a, the negatives in this one would be mostly that it's a shorter game, I just enjoyed playing this, and I played this three times as much as I played the other one. So I could it would be hard for me to without trying to explain why i just i wanted to play this one more so i'm going to give it 8500 instead of 83 i believe for the other one wow okay are we running What's the numbers the winner, who, who yeah, won that i'm just uh, well, i think we've got a winner but let's do the scores because we didn't do the scores properly last time did we <laughs> no well last time it was a runaway we didn't need to do yeah. the scores <laughs> Okay, well, it's, it's relatively close. So Lumaski uh, edges it at 26,300, and Digioli gets 25,900. All right. How do we say All that right. again, Eric? Digiloy. Digiloy. Digiloy, sorry. Digiloy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Very, very technically awesome. I think we can we can agree they're both amazing oh, both. technical both achievements. Both are amazing. Yep. Yeah. Good yeah. pick, Tim. Thank that you. That was fun. Thank you, guys. Well I, done. I did enjoy playing those. Yeah, good good choice, especially since we had a full plate, given that we're already three hours and 12 minutes into our episode, and we have the end-of-the-year wrap-up to do real quick. So yeah, uh, let's start that, and I don't have the sound effect, so I'm just going to pretend and go, do 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 2021! There we go. There's Yay! our introduction. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, I, I must admit, I... I completely forgot about this oh no <laughs> hold my hands up so i'm gonna have to wing this a little bit i've i've been giving it some thought but i i didn't really get anything solid down so <laughs> well you can help me tim because my memory like one of these categories i i i know we've had great times on the show and stuff but the last one favorite pixel guide moments like i just can't like guys i look forward to this all year <laughs> the yep. fact that you're not partaking in this with me <laughs> 
I had no, I had no problems with, I had no problems with the other four questions. Like I knew them right away, but that, that one, for some reason, I just, I can't, I can't solidify it in my mind for some reason, but <laughs> so you can help me with that one, Tim. <laughs> it's going to be more of an open discussion than a selection. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's start, do it. Let's start right off the top, guys. This is our best of 2021 end of the year wrap up. Yep. Let's start with our beer of the year. Yes, I have one. Definitely. Tim's Why don't you go. go first, Cody? Go first, Cody. So this one's interesting because I have two that I can't decide b- between. So I think I'm going to go with my... my uh, Pick them both. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention I'll do a runner up. But uh, I'll do my runner-up first, but because I'm going to choose this one because the winner because it's something I normally wouldn't pick, and for it to even get into my top two is saying something. Um, so my runner-up is going to be the Fall River Irish Cream Stout. Mm, that was a good one. Well, that was one of the beers. Uh, the second time I tried to put um, beers that had caffeine in them into our mix to keep Eric <laughs> awake. Keep me awake, yes. <laughs> Man, Fall River makes good beer. They really do have some good beer. And when I tried the Irish Cream Stout, I was used to their um, the really good hazies. And sure enough, their stout was also just as good. That was delicious. It had the nitro bubbles and everything, which Eric's not normally a fan of, but it, it worked for me. Yeah. But my beer of the year from Lincoln Beer Company out of Burbank, California, of all places. I hate to admit any of this stuff right now, especially the name of this beer. <laughs> is Danny Trejo's Cerveza. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that I see so that good. in the store all the time. It was it a good was one. It was so yeah. good. I don't know what it was. And it, it was just a straight up like lager Cerveza and it was good. And I enjoyed it. And every time I see it, I want to buy another four pack. Yeah. Cool. I see I that I one in the store it. all the time and I keep thinking I'm going to pick it up. Like it's the dark black. It's the black can yep. with uh, his face on there. <laughs> yeah. It's the one of D- Danny Trejo on the front. Yep. What's your Timmy, you have a John, you have I, I, I've got a beer. Yeah. So, Perfect. um, it's it, this isn't one that because obviously I, I unfortunately I can't drink uh, beer too much on the show, um, but one that kind of like holds some memories of the year for me and uh, kind of in a way for you guys as well um, is I kind of mentioned it earlier that when I went in on holiday to Cornwall earlier in the year um i visited the tintagel brewery Mm -hmm. um and we had a nice meal there and i bought a whole bunch of their beers and with the intention that eventually these beers would (laughs) make their way over to you guys and that that was hopefully gonna gonna uh come over to you just before christmas um especially you drank them all uh, not quite (laughs) Uh, especially now with the relevance of you where you are cody um (laughs) but what one of those beers um but ironically is the highest beer is the highest alcohol volume and it's a beer called merlin's muddle um Mm. and it's uh, really sort of like dark proper you know uh, uh beer you know real beer drinkers beer if you know what i mean uh, yeah. and uh, i was kind of like i kind of put this one off for a little while because of the strength of the beer um because it was the, the highest content and i went and then eventually i sort of like op- cracked it open and it was the smoothest beer of them all it was really really nice um and that one i enjoyed immensely um is so, it is it a stout or a porter <laughs> 
No, it's just just like a regular, um, you know, just like a dark a, ale. Yeah, just like a dark ale. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Really, really smooth. Very, very nice. Went down Sounds really good. well that one. Um, so nice. I think for me, out of those, all of those beers that I bought from Cornwall and that, that holds good memories for me, um, uh, that that's probably going to be one of the best I've had this year. Definitely. I think the the um, the, the the solstice beer that we you, or beverage that you mm-hmm. drink today that's probably uh, <laughs> a, a close one for me a but that's, that one for me is like it's just like a, a, a regular drinker if you see what i mean i can drink yeah. that quite easily definitely it's, it's not not yeah. uh, really heavy or anything like that so that's that's what i like about that one so i'll, I'll go merlin's muddle by tintagel brewery it sounds like nice. a like a harry potter curse merlin's yeah. muddle <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yes, there, there's there's still a couple of those here for you guys, so they will be coming over to you eventually. I don't know how beer lasts in your house. Excellent. It disappears over here. <laughs> so mine is uh, one of my favorite breweries now is one that is in a place over here called Del Paso Heights. It's uh, King Kong Brewery and Kong spelled That's with right. a C. Huh. Uh, but their one beer that I just, every time I go to store, I just got to pick it up because I love it. It's called Prague at Night. It's a dark Czech lager. Yep. And I it has that, that kind of smoky flavor to it. Um, and it, it, it's easy drinking, goes down smooth. Um, I, it's, it, I love it. I mean, I, I can't get enough of it. Um, so that's, and, and if you go to the brewery, the food there is really great. I mean, uh, have you been to Device? Nachos? You've been to huh? Device Brewing Company in Westsec? Yep. Uh, yeah. I've been to the one in the pocket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I meant the pocket. Yeah. Uh, they had Prague at night there the last three times I've been there. On tap. device. Yep. Why do they have King Kong brew? That's kind of weird. They have a few other breweries. They also have Pliny the Elder. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've got a number of other breweries there. It's interesting. And I love their pub food, but yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I remember so, I mean, Prague at night. That's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Prague at night. That's that, a good one. That did surprise me, though, because when we reviewed it, I don't remember you liking it that much. Hmm. But apparently it's grown on you, or I just oh, remember definitely. wrong. One or the other. Yeah, I don't remember what I rated it, but yeah, I love it now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What is our retro game of the year? So retro game, just to clarify for listeners and probably ourselves, is an actual game of the era back in the day that we have played this year for more or less the first time. Yep. That's the way I rated it. Uh, Tim, do you want to go first on this one? Remember? <laughs> All right, Eric. Do you want to go first while Tim thinks about yeah, this? Let's, let's give let's give Tim some uh, room to m- remember here. Um, so for me, it was easy. Um, I had never played Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. I knew it, <laughs> and uh, and I made it one of my goals to beat it in twenty twenty one, and I did beat it. And I listen. I know it's highly rated by everybody else. I mean, people love that game, but. It's never really, at least in my experience, it's never really uh, talked about as one of the best games, like one of the best Mario games. No, and it's yeah, not it's, really Mario. Yeah, but the 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 spinning out of the egg mechanic like opens up so many possibilities for simple puzzle elements in the game. Like you shoot it at an invisible block, and it opens up another part of the level, and all this other stuff. I I thought it was such a clever, like, it's one of those games I think to myself, how did these Nintendo programmers, these guys, how did they come up with this? And and I, I, it, 
I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It wasn't that difficult of a game to beat. It it had its very, very challenging stages, but if a guy like me can beat it, just about anybody can. Um, but I felt like I accomplished something when I finished the game and I, I, it's a bright and beautiful game. So anyway, that's my pick. Yoshi's Island. Nice. For me, I have a runner up and a winner again. And I couldn't decide at first, but I had to go with, unfortunately, kind of like you, I had to go with one that is kind of a given Mm -hmm. because we played it, but I just had never played it before. But I runner up demon front, Eric, you introduced me to demon front. Yeah, which was awesome. a straight up metal slug ripoff that out metal slugged metal slug. Yes, it was so much more interesting and creative, and the gameplay had more going on. And you and I played it together, and that might have had a large part to do with it. But I agree with you. I had a great yeah, time a great playing one. Demon Front. Yep, one hundred percent. And unfortunately, it had to be beat out by another uh, standard everyday Nintendo property. I played Kirby for the first time on the NES. Oh, the Kirby's Adventure. Kirby's Just Adventure. And oh, that's, man. that's my retro game of the year. I, I'd never played it and never really dug into it and instantly fell in love. I'm like, man, this game's just solid. Kind of like you with you, the Super Mario World, too. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad you like that one because sometimes I will tell people that's my favorite NES game, which it is by by far. Yeah. It's my favorite NES game. And they, they look at me and I'm like, well, are you kidding? Don't you like Mega Man better? Don't you like this or that better? Me- and it's Mega like, Man is better. They're right. But yeah. it's a good game. I I love Kirby's Adventure. It's my favorite game. So I, I, I haven't almost, played Mega Man games yet all the way through. So I almost had Mr. Gimmick on there too, but <laughs> oh, that oh, one I would lo- not be my favorite. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. That was probably my third runner up. But anyways, all right, Tim, what's your thoughts, man? Digiloey. Oh no, it'd be no, Illuminaski. No. <laughs> I'm thinking back to probably one of my favorite battles, and um, this was for me kind of like an unexpected uh i don't know uh, kind of, of a good memory um and i think it's got to be going back to one of our uh, one of our battles which was doom 64 and power slave on the yeah, Saturn. That, was, that was a good battle and for me i think power slave just about nudges it because um it was an unexpected game on the sat and it's not one that i'd ever seen or played or anything like that before and i just love that kind of like um that aesthetic the the egyptian feel to it um and some of the character the graphics in the game that like the the spiders and all the all the different elements of that game some of the puzzle element to it as well so i'm i'm gonna go with power slave i think that's 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 kind of like got a it's one that's really stuck out with me for the whole of the year really out out of all of a lot of the battles that we've done um so i think if it's games that i've visited because of the battle um and and obviously i've played a ton of different retro games over the year but this this is these are the two that really stuck in my memory doom because it was one of the ones that i actually bought because of doing the battle that's right really really enjoyed yeah i got the actual physical cartridge and um yeah and power slave because it's just you know it's it's that really good game and i I don't get the chance to play the saturn that much which is a shame um but that was a good reason to dig it out and actually play it so i i really enjoyed that one so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with power slave on the saturn nice i think cody's the one who picked that one too yep well done cody well done thank you all right now we're on to modern retro which means a game released for a retro console actual hardware but released 
this year. Yeah. If you want me to go, this this one's easy. Tim's ready. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm going to have to go with Briley Witch Chronicles, I'm afraid. Oh, really? Out of the park. Well, not afraid, but, you know, it is the the one the release of the year apart from i guess if uh, i i i you may have uh mentioned this on on the on the on the previous show um that at the, as we speak at this moment in time sonic the hedgehog for the commodore 64 has yep. not yet been released <laughs> so i'm waiting with bated breath for that but i think again you know that that's a recreation briley is completely original um it's some it's a game i've been waiting for for a long long time um from sarah jane and it really didn't disappoint and it's it's I'm I'm aching for my time off over the over the the holiday period to actually really get back into this and hopefully actually get in and complete the game because I really really want to finish this game. Um it's just absolutely brilliant, you know, there's there's so much depth to it and there's so much more I know that I haven't got out of the game yet because most of it, you know, like you said on your kind of like uh, review of it Cody so far is you know there's a lot of fetch quests and just walking you into the game and some of the some of the more simple RPG aspects so you've got some battling coming in and some of the basic potions and that sort of stuff but I know it gets a lot more complex as you go through it so I'm just really looking forward to that and that's that's the, been the the game that's really piqued my interest the most this year I think is is Briley Witch Chronicles yeah another technical marvel yeah yep Absolutely amazing. Um, I'll go, I guess. Um, Well chosen, by the way, uh, Tim. However, when I have to go back and think about the game that blew my mind, um, and it might have some nostalgia in it for me, but honestly, it's the best Alex Kidd game I've ever played. Yeah. (laughs) Alex Kidd 3. Oh my goodness, that game. It was so much. It was so much more Alex Kid than Alex Kid was, or Alex the Kid. I don't <laughs> Ale- care if you put Alex the Kid Overload. Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, the game was so good, and I need to get my master system back out and keep playing that. But that has to be my. Which it, for if anyone hasn't heard that episode or played that game, it's a another fan recreation, kind of like Son- Sonic Mania, uh, where they basically took the art assets and everything from Alex Kid, added a lot more game, a lot more gameplay much better level design, much better everything. And I originally loved the Alex kid to begin with because I kind of grew up with that one cartridge. Um, so for me, it was just like, wait, this is like the game, but just better. <laughs> yeah. More and better and unique and new and fresh and more Alex kiddier. So that's my choice. My choice is loud. I don't remember if this game came out in 2021, but it's when I, where I played it the most. So that's what I'm going to say. works. And that is another uh, Sarah Jane Avery game, which is soul force. It did. Came out this year. Yeah. Did it? Okay. I couldn't remember if it, it, well, it was officially, it came out. I think it was like, was it the 31st or the 30th of December? I think it was something like that. So it's literally right on the cusp. So yeah. I, th- I think well, it really it, sneaks in there. It came for us. Our purposes. It came out after we last recorded the last, uh, the best of the yeah. year, twenty twenty. So yeah, yep. yeah, yep. Well, it falls into this year. Regardless, for me, at least I played it in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and so I had to kind of 
you know, spin my memory back that far, but it, it, it consumed a good couple weeks of me playing it. Um, I didn't beat it, but I got really, really close. And so I think I could just load up my C64 and probably get back into it and try to beat it if I wanted to. Um, but such a great, great shoot 'em up I, th- that is so varied in all the different levels. Um, the, even the, the patterns that the aliens take as you, as they're, as you're fighting through them, all very unique. I mean, it is an amazing game. So that's definitely my, um, new release of retro for 2021. How about modern games? Modern games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, typically these are retro inspired on the show, but for this, for this one, we're just going to say modern games in general. Yeah. Um, I can go first. And I thought a lot about the Switch games I played, and there was a lot of great Switch games. And I tell people this all the time. The Switch is my favorite console of this last generation by far. But the one game I really got into that I was surprised I liked so much, and I think it is definitely my modern game of the year that that I've played, is Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4. Because hmm. when I first started playing that, I, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I started getting into it. But once I got into the kind of crafting system and and the, the skill trees and, and getting better in that game, I really, really enjoyed it. And it's all like um, kind of bow and arrow based, which I kind of like better than getting like weapons and guns and stuff like that. Um the graphics are even on the PS4 that I'm playing it on. The graphics look amazing in that game, even even to this day. Like even comparing it to a PS5 or whatever, um, just beautiful sunsets and 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 a big open world to explore. Um, I, I, I've I really enjoyed my time with that. So mine would be Horizon Zero Dawn PS4. It's a good one, Tim. Yeah. Um. For me, I think it was probably when I got my Xbox um, One. I think it's the S or whatever it is. Um, And uh, I managed to, it's kind of like um, retro themed anyway. Modern in the fact that it's a recreation, but retro themed. Um, And I think it's probably Rare Replay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, the, there's just such a brilliant collection of stuff on there. Um, and one of the games was one that uh, you mentioned, Eric. You're a big influencer to me. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I'm humbled. Co- Co- Cobra Triangle. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so much fun. I love that game. <laughs> I have a great story. I mean, it's not a great story, but it, there's, there's a cool story about that. I think I've told on the show already, yeah. but that's how I found it. So, yeah. the Cobra Triangle is a fun little game. Yep, it's, it's great fun. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's uh, the, uh, the, the, the ZX Spectrum games on there. So, like Jetpack, Trans Am, all, all those sort of things, yeah. Cookie, yeah. Um, and Solar Jetman as well, which is another game we covered. Um, yeah. And that that was available on there. So I think for me personally, that's that's one a, a kind of like a holy grail for me that I've been trying to get for a few years and never really bothered because obviously the Xbox One didn't really interest me a, a whole bunch apart from having that. And then when I managed to get that <laughs> and pick it, pick up the system and and uh, get retro uh, rare replay. So yeah, that's that's the one for me. I know it's not a, a, an official 
you know, brand new it's release a collection. This year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's rare replay has been one I've been really looking forward to delving into, and I, I enjoyed that. And it, and it personally, it helped me out quite a bit on the game on the show this year as well because there was a few there that I played, and um, yeah, yeah. So I'm go- going with rare replay. I've been wanting to do that. I've talked about that. I want to do that same thing. I wanted to buy, I want to get that game, which is like $20, but you have to buy a whole system to play it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I've still been like, Oh, I kind of want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had like a three way tie, but I, I'm going to give a winner. So quick runner up, uh, Gibbous, the you know, hand-drawn modern Cthulhu adventure that I played on steam. Um, Ion fury, which was an amazing, uh, first person shooter done in like the you know 90s first person shooter quake kind of style um that was awesome but my game of the year has to go to uh even though it wasn't this year it was not released this year so i guess i'm breaking my own rule but i played it this year and that was uh sundered which was that um metroid like game uh i played on the switch i think it came out in 2018 or something actually but sundered uh was that really kind of artsy fartsy uh, metroid game with again it's cthulhu inspired um i know i keep talking about that stuff but it was just a great uh probably 24 25 hours i put into that game and uh i love metroid style yeah. games so cool cool sundered? is that the name sundered sundered sundered, sundered. okay cool uh and then our final topic of the night would be our favorite pixel guide in moments of the year <laughs> apparently uh tim's is tonight when i just uh said something i still have no idea what it meant yeah we we will go into that but not not on the show <laughs> um uh, do you want me to go on this one sounds like you're ready yeah okay well i mean it's it's just a collection of thoughts really more than any anything but uh, i guess um related to the power slave thing that was probably one of my favorite battles of the year um and uh, like i say a good 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 memory um but i i guess if i had to pick a single one particular moment um and i i'll, I'll go but i i was i just finished our weekly shop got back home sat down in in the chair in in our in our um dining room and put on the show and i was listening back and it's literally <laughs> a spit out coffee moment <laughs> it's it's got to be stringy lorry <laughs> i compl- I, c- I kind of completely forgotten about that and it just took me totally by surprise <laughs> <laughs> and literally i spat my coffee out everywhere and that was just the one of those moments for me is just that was just an eric classic <laughs> oh man so yeah I, that's that's, that's going to be one of one of my moments of the year and probably probably the highlight is is just because of that that reaction that i had to it and it was just just so on point <laughs> now if you're listening to the show and you know you don't know what we're talking about just go back and listen to every episode this year until you catch it <laughs> it's right, worth yeah. it i think it's worth it <laughs> i also laughed hysterically multiple times during and later on listening to the show yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah stringy lorry <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
So I, I also had Stringy Lori on the top of my list. <laughs> uh, I also mentioned a couple a couple other ones that are less hilarious and more just uh, fun actual moments for me. Um, even though they sound like I'm patting my own back, but I'm not. They're just legitimately cool. Watching Tim uh, fall in love with the TI-99. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a great I was, one. I was just about to say that, opening up the TI-99 and uh, absolutely loving that. Because that, that was also a good one because I was recording, when we were recording opening that up, that was later in the evening. So I was kind of like a bit more awake for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but then opening it was one thing, but then when you actually played the games, you're like, I love this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I thought was super cool, and then it's super funky. I mean, visually, I think it's the coolest computer. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with Eric with the SX64, which I hoarded for like three years, two years, uh, let it sit and rot and not do anything. And I finally said, you know what? I'm not ever going to touch this thing. I could send it to Tim, but that would cost me like literally a mortgage payment. It's so yeah. flipping heavy. Yeah. Especially yeah. With the, if you left the CRT in, that would be yeah. a nightmare. Um, but I know Eric's going to want one of these things forever. And then the fact that you actually turned it into what you turned it into, it, that makes just, it, that made, that was one of my moments of the year too. Yeah. That was fun. That's good stuff. I saw it today for the first time, all complete, by the way, when Ooh. I went and picked up everything. So nice. it's, it's gorgeous with all its 3D printed accessories and flat screen goodness. I'll have to bring it. We will record live together at least some point in this year. And so, I mean, I'll try to bring it over. We can. This will happen. Yeah, it'll happen. We just got to get the timing right. Um, man, so, I mean, for me, I can't remember. Tim, did, when did that BBC Micro come in? Was that this year or was it last year? It was, year? yeah. No, it's the beginning. I thought, I thought it was the, was it the beginning of this year? I'm pretty sure it was the beginning of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I don't want to get all materialistic about favorite Pixel Guide moments, but when when I got that BBC Micro and really delved into it, it was it reminded me of the time like when I got my Vic Twenty and C sixty four as a kid. Like it was a whole new world to open and explore because the BBC Micro we just we did not have those here, and um, it reminded me of of something like that. So like getting it started, booting up and trying out all the games, try to figure out what games I like. The speaker blowing the house away. Yep. The speaker. (laughs) And then, well, and that was even part of the adventure, like opening it up and realize it was a screw. You had to turn to turn the volume up and down and then realizing why they did that. Cause I learned that in something I read was like, well, they did that. So kids wouldn't screw with the volume. That's right. Yep. Like the the teacher could pick the volume and shut it and that that's That's it. it. That's the volume you get. Yeah. And, um, so, I, I mean, for me, that was probably the highlight of my retro collection, really, was was learning that whole new world of the BBC Micro. The other one was the SX64, because, yeah, I've literally been trying to get one of those for the whole time I've wanted a Commodore 64 back in the day. Um, and I, I'd always get very close to getting one. Like, I'd see one on Craigslist, or I'd see one I call, and they were like, oh, it just left, like, 12 hours ago. And is you know, <laughs> just falling through my fingertips. Um, but just one sentiment that I miss is, and I know Tim that you always have to record from remote since you're our UK person, but recording separately is really not that easy to do. I mean, I would (laughs) much rather be like, I enjoyed the sitting in, in sitting together and recording the podcast. And, um, 
you know, that's why I really want to strive to try to make it happen again in some capacity. Not every time, of course, but if we can rearrange schedules to where we can do that, I would really like to do that because it was Heck a lot. Yeah. To me, it's a lot more fun show and tell, holding things, passing them back and forth while we look at new controllers or whatever we have. We're going to need um, to plan a, a full weekend day where you just come up yeah, and then. That's, that's, and then even and we'll Tim might have a better. And- like if we just did shows even earlier in the day where Tim had the evening, Tim could be the beer guy yeah. and we could be the ones drinking coffee or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be, that would be cool with me too. So, yeah. so we'll figure all that out. So, well, I do have, I will admit that right now, and I'm not joking about this. Um, so I, I had to vacuum this house out because yeah. it, it, I never had vacuum. I started moving stuff in anyways. It was a long story, but uh, there was still a slight smell of the previous owner's dog in here. Yeah. So I opened uh, the infamous tobacco candle. <laughs> oh, man. I remember <laughs> so that. Right now, I can smell the tobacco candle from here. I actually don't <laughs> mind it. I enjoyed the smell. It never bugged me yeah. the way it did to you. But between the howling yeah. gourd and that tobacco candle, man, you had memories for days. So <laughs> Yeah. That was brutal. And one other thing I wanted to think, which I think you guys will agree with me, is it always humbles me and and impresses me that our Patreon people would be willing to give a piece, piece of money to us every month <laughs> to lessen our burden. Cause we would do probably do the show, whether we got Patreon money or not, mm-hmm. but that people would pay us to help us pay for the web hosting and the podcast hosting and, and other stuff and beer that we drink on the show that they would do that always really does touch me. I mean, it, 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 I know it's not a ton of money or whatever, you know, per month, but that somebody would even give any amount of money always like humbles me. So thank you for that. I I really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll echo that thought and sentiment. Exactly. Yep. And we just enjoy our listeners too. So even people that don't do Patreon, cause I, I, I get a feedback from a couple of guys on, on Twitter that they're not Patreon subscribers, which is fine, but they do give me feedback all the time and talk to me about things we talk about on the show. And that always uh, gets me too, because I mean, somebody's listening to us and that still amazes me every time. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's a few things throughout the year and one, what another one that kind of like stood out for me in that respect is, is, uh, is Josh, Josh Malone at 48 K Ram. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Josh. uh, his generosity, um, with helping me out with that Amiga 3000. And then obviously he had the 12,000 and the 500. Um, mm-hmm. but that was, that was another standout moment for me. That's another, you know, big, big, big tick on my list, that A3000. Um, it's uh, such a treasure for me, that one. Um, yeah. So I just want to big give a, 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 a end of the year shout out thanks to Josh. Um, and uh, you, you're a top bloke. Thank you very much, Josh. And you almost made it through an episode without talking with your hands and banging your mic. Yeah, almost. 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 So almost <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Right on. We made it through 2020 with the COVID and 2021 with Delta. So let's do this Omicron thing. <laughs> let's yes, move let's forward. Finish this one out, <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let's make the next year at least as good as the last two have been for Pixel Guide and which have been great years for the show. So we appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely appreciate you All guys, right. and appreciate uh, listeners listening for almost four hours tonight. So, yep. <laughs> with that being said, 
Happy New Year, all. And remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>